0: Stand by for action.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. Of course, you can get us at what Neil uh, Punk Till I Die seventy seven at Gmail
2: and. Punctual I Die Group on Facebook, yeah. till I Die on Facebook. Till I Die seventy seven. I whatever. People can find us. You know and on inst-
1: on Instagram, if that's not being updated. It's Neil's fault.
2: <laughs> I actually looked at it yesterday for the first time in a while, and there was nothing I'd missed really. So just okay, some good. friend request from from various bands and that's labels the thing with stuff, social
1: media. But... I found is you can forget to look at it for a week, and you really don't miss that much. So
2: well, or, or you miss something super important, like you know a guest wants to come on or something. So
1: or you miss a picture of my records that I bought last week.
2: Yeah, all the ones you got given Yes, that <laughs> that too
1: Alright, anyway, Neil, we have a we have a, a guest with us today
2: We do who's, I would
1: call him a friend of a friend category Because we have a good mutual friend And he actually
2: put out our favorite record last year He did,
1: yeah, he did So I we have that with was, us.
2: was that nope. my number one, or was that your number one, I forget
1: I think you went number two with it, and I went number one
2: Yeah, I had Slaughter Boys number I one I think you just
1: maybe. did it to be difficult, though, as you <laughs> tend to do
2: No, I like Slaughter Boys too, man
1: Well, they were very similar records, actually, I would Mm -hmm. say. Same kind of, cut from the same cloth. So anyway, yeah, we have with us Teddy Spaghetti, live from Atlanta, Georgia. How you doing, Teddy?
3: Hey, Tom. Hey, Neil. How you guys doing?
1: Good, man. Okay, thanks. Thank you. So you, so we we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but you were actually born in Australia, huh?
3: Yeah, I was only there for a year, and then uh, moved to New, like my family moved to New Jersey,
1: so I spent most of my life in New Jersey. Wait, that must have been like your. So, what year was this we're talking about? When you, were, I mean, the eighties or seventies? Mm-hmm. Seventy-eight, maybe. like okay, seventy-eight.
3: So,
1: like your dad must have caught hell for like, like when Crocodile Dundee came out, right?
3: <laughs> oh, it, it was such a ridiculous time too, because like, like people knew I was from Australia, so like I, I even had teachers at school like goofing on me, and <laughs>
1: the, 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 that's not a knife joke.
2: Throw another <laughs> shrimp on the barbie. That kind and of that it. was
1: my, my favorite, all-time favorite Australian thing is actually the uh, Foster's Australian foot beer, the giant oil can beers. So well, the, the
3: 80s fast. was funny, too, because you had um, Mar- uh, Jacko Jackson doing those, I think it was like battery commercials. Oh,
2: God, yeah, ja- yeah, Jacko, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, yeah I
3: don't think I remember that. He
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, had a big, was, huge guy with a flat top, right?
3: Yeah, he, he was like a footballer. I think, he played, I think he played Australian rules football, and he just kind of... I don't know, even know if he was doing movies or television, and he got these American television commercials for um, for batteries.
2: Yeah, I remember. Well, that's that.
1: it's funny because remember when ESPN first started out, all they had was Australia. It seemed like you turn on, it was constantly like Australian rules football. Like nobody in America had ever heard of it until like 1985 when ESPN came out. <laughs> They're like, man, that's a brutal sport. It is yeah, a brutal they sport.
3: Uh, are they. Uh, yeah, the eighties, which is like a funny time, like a big. Uh, like, push for Australian stuff and, like, not realizing, like, there's not that – wasn't that much stuff. Like, Australia's really small, like, people-wise.
2: People-wise it is. It, it, I always find it incredible because they always do so well in the Olympics and stuff. But then when you look at the actual population of the country, it's tiny. Yeah, They're really,
3: really into sport. They're super athletic and into outside stuff. Um, yeah, so they do great in the Olympics. Uh, yep. Yeah, consistently. They're
1: yep. constantly running and swimming away from all these deadly animals that exist. <laughs> in that's, the what, that's what it is. It's, it's yeah. the sharks. It's like yeah. the evolution of learning how to escape. Yeah. No so, shit. So you uh, you grew up in New Jersey then? That's where you did most of your growing up.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't move to to Georgia until I was uh, into my thirties.
1: Okay. So so you've settled there. I mean, you like it. You like it down there
3: you know there's stuff there's uh, it, I, it's great here i like i like atlanta but uh you know there's stuff you always miss from the northeast can you know always you miss but there's like stuff they here that's good and there's stuff i miss from home but my like, i still have family in, in new jersey so i get to get up uh fairly regularly so I, I can get my uh fix of uh you know pizza and bagels and and pork, <laughs> col, you and pork roll sandwiches
2: so are, what, you, are you are you living in Australia? the city or are you, living in, go the go city, or are you in the uh, you in the suburbs I am
3: like two miles from the border of Atlanta, and it's like houses with yards. But uh, like, I can be in the city in like ten minutes. So oh, I, wow. it's, like
2: depending it's on cheap. the horrible traffic, right? Yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> a, uh, gosh, <laughs> so
3: unbelievably bad.
2: Yeah, Atlanta's not a good one to drive through.
3: It just keeps getting worse. It's it, I see no uh, no forgiveness <laughs> in, in sight ever.
2: So, so you
1: okay? So you're the you're the sole proprietor of Spaghetti Town. Yeah. Um, I, sure I Did you I start we, that in Atlanta then, or was that so? Was that like a? Was that a go all the way back to the New Jersey days?
3: Uh, so I started it in Atlanta. I was. Uh, it was funny. I'd always like you know you fantasize about like oh what a cool it'd be so cool to do a record label, and you know if, if you could go back and tell yourself like like it's it's cool it's a ton of work, but uh, I had broken my leg and I was sitting around for a couple months on like just heavy painkillers. And I was like, "I'm gonna do it. We're gonna. I'm making a label, and then you know, you kind of like
1: go from there. And and here we are. I think like eight or nine years later, and what something like 50 releases? Or
3: yeah, in that neighborhood, around 50, um, which is crazy to me. I, I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'll do like one a year, you know, whatever, one a year. Sure. And then like stuff just keeps landing in my lap where I'm like, oh, I'd be a fool not to put this
1: out. Mm. Well, yeah, because you got it's funny because you you have a bunch of bands that sort of. Are on a bunch of different labels, and you got some bigger. Some of your bigger name bands are kind of well. You got He Who, and you got you've done Electric <laughs> Frank, so you've done a bunch of different, bunch of different things. But um, was it because you still work a day job, right? I mean, the label is just kind yeah. of like, your passion.
3: Yeah, I, I did my taxes for the label last year, and I was like, like, no shit, I'm like you actually didn't lose money this year. I'm like,
1: oh, well. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I think you were going to say I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready to make the leap to full time. God,
3: no. I was like, like, you made a little money, like that's incredible. So yeah, I still have a day job, and I was like joking, like with a, a one of the artists, I was like, Mike, do you understand? Like, I come home from my day job, like I shower, I like eat dinner with my wife, and then you spend the next two hours like filling mail order and like answering
1: emails. Yeah, like records stacked up in your garage.
3: Uh, God, I have a laundry room that is just full of boxes, <laughs> like a ma- of mailing boxes. So we it's the saddest when you do mail order you're like it's a good box i should hold on to this box i don't know if uh, that's
1: my back room dude that is my back i i mail order so many records and i i send out like two two batches a year but i get like 50 batches a year and i just can't seem to get rid of the boxes
3: and i have friends too who are like i'm gonna they're like oh i got some good mailers for you and i was like i will take those mailers because they are expensive <laughs> and then i have to like sit and break them down and like decide like what stays and what goes um but our, our spare bedroom has been overrun with like personal records and also like label records. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like it's like almost embarrassing when people come over. I'm like, Mike, look, you're in the uh, you're in the headquarters. So just um,
1: I, I cleared off some space over there for you. The fire department's like, we don't know why the house went up so fast. I, I <laughs> it was because like it was packed full of cardboard. <laughs> I want to go under my yeah. under my house
3: and like look in the crawl space to see if my my uh, floors are sinking. So I'm like, there's like thousands of pounds of
1: like vinyl here yeah so so you know what i'd love to ask guys when they start a label what was the band that made you decide you needed to bet what was the band that you thought needed to be put out so you need to start a label was the
3: true well i mean there's so many bands but you got to start somewhere i was i had been in peru and my peruvian friends were showing me all these bands like like you know south american like punk bands and i was one point i was like this band is awesome i was like how come no one knows them like they was should, that Moto Sierra? Moto Sierra. Like they should be huge in the states. Yeah, they should just be huge. More people should know them. And uh, I started messaging the singer Marcos, who luckily speaks excellent English because I might I have uh, little to no Spanish. And he'd also broken his leg, similar to mine. So we were just huh. like chatting all the time. And I was like, i like, why don't you put out a record? Let's put out a record. Why don't you go in the studio?" And after like I don't know six months or a year, he's like, "We're going in the studio."
1: So is Damn. that the the Buzo Nuevo record? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. So so funny story. So when I didn't know Matt very well, our mutual friend Hutch in uh, LA, he was doing he still does a little bit of PR stuff and we became friends and I was writing reviews and stuff like that, and he reached out and he said, Hey dude, we review this band. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm always, whatever you need, I'll always do it. And so, yeah, I have a, I have that 7-inch in my collection. Well that's awesome. He, he sent me a promo. I reviewed it when I was still writing for Punk News, so What's I remember, it enjo- like? I remember it enjoying like? it. Even though I'm not a big, I, I struggle with non-English speaking bands, just because uh, you know, it's it's you do connect to the lyrics to a certain extent. I find Spanish,
3: so far, is one of the ones that works the best. It, 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 like, it has a flow and like a, a, a certain pattern to it. But also, yeah, I also have regrets for not studying Spanish harder because there's just some incredible bands that I'd like to sing along with. And I'm just like mumbling words.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know what? that's all right. At our, at our age, honestly, you just mumble the words to most of the songs anyway. I mean, even my <laughs> favorite songs, I really can't join in until the chorus half the time, I swear. <laughs> you, you, I, saw, I, I saw Electric Frankenstein the other night. I'm like, I know these songs. I'll just do a hundred times. I still couldn't really sing along until the guy to the chorus. You said the last
3: word of every sentence. Exactly.
2: Just kind of mouthing something that sounds like it. So, <laughs> so what do they sound like, Moto Sierra?
3: They're like this just dirty, punk, action rock-like band, and they're one of the earlier like punk bands in the country like they just have this you know crazy political turmoil and they i guess when they started coming out of it there's like you know young people started making like rock and roll bands and punk mm. bands uh you know that's that's what you do when you come out of a you know political turmoil and I must, uh i almost feel like we ought to play a song by them you know? oh and yeah I, we, we could do that and they're super raw it just a, a, you know just incredible and they're in Uruguay, I mean, so they're big in Uruguay, but, like, they're, like, you know, known... <laughs> big in Uruguay? Band. Yeah.
4: Like, Amazing. Like, if you're the
3: punk from Uruguay, you know them. But if you're from Argentina or Brazil, like, they're a known band. But, like, tons of kids I know from, Latin, like, Latin America, they're like, oh, I love that band. Like, I think they've kind of, like, the band has spawned other bands.
1: So do they tour I mean, do they tour a lot in Latin America or do they get around?
3: They will do... They haven't played for a while, but they for a while they were hitting uh, Uruguay, Brazil... Argentina regularly and like I think it was when Turbo Negro went down like they opened for Turbo Negro like they they opened for the dwarves and the dwarves went down to South America so they pick up cool stuff uh, because you know they're they're the known you know known band
2: Hmm. what should we play by them
3: I I guess we could play something from the the single uh uh, Buzo Nuevo we could play that so this is the first
1: thing you ever put out
3: yes when, when I decided to buy a boat. (laughs)
2: so so what does it what what does that translate to new something i assume
3: i forget and i used to know
1: new new buzz isn't it or new just it's
3: it could be and i know like we have the lyrics in the insert and like they're in spanish obviously but also like people who speak who are native spanish speakers they're like they're like this is weird now and i was like well it's you know like the slang in every region of south central and south america is so vastly different Hmm. So, so it's just like slang, where they're like, "What does that mean?" And someone's like, "Well, it means potatoes." And the band's like, "It means sneakers, like, it means sneakers or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's right, good let's, Everybody let's loves to a it. song that's left over to interpretation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> let's let's listen to it. Either was it New Buzz or New Bozo? How's that? Uh, this is Moto Sierra with Buzo Nuevo. Bueno, en Pro,
4: estamos grabando el tema progresivo. I'm going
2: sierra there with the first release on spaghetti town records in 2016 is, is that the first time we've
1: ever played anything that wasn't in english neil other than that weird french that weird gay french song years ago <laughs>
2: jesus <laughs> you know what I'm talking um, i don't about. know what i am don't oh yeah i do want to be talking Jim about Jim yeah yeah yeah, yeah the one that was supplant pour moi was based on yeah 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 Oh, cronjen um, yeah, did it yeah 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 Plastic there we go. Plastic yeah, Bertrand. but it was it was the one before that because Plastic Bertrand actually ripped it off from another song, and uh, the lyrics were extraordinarily weird. Um, but yeah, I think we we might have played another um, South American punk band before or, or Latin American punk band. Oh, I played a anymore.
1: Polish band once, didn't I? You yeah, see? we got all
2: kinds of stuff all over the all right, world. Forget it.
1: I was underestimating it. Yeah, well, even even
3: I got the Lay uh, Lully's record the other day, and I was like. Oh, that's right. I'm like, they sing in French. Like everything's in French. I'm like, doesn't doesn't matter. It rips.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. So, how did we were you, we were you in bands? Like, how did you decide to start a punk label? How did that come about? And you anyway? know,
3: pe- people ask me that a lot, and I have to like like be like, I'm like, I am a terrible, terrible musician. Just awful. <laughs> um, cannot play, could not sing, but I was always crazy about music. And growing up in New Jersey, like I was lucky. Like I was, I grew up in as a farm area. But I was an hour from New York and an hour from Philadelphia. And so at any given time, like, we could be at a show in an hour. And I grew up 25 minutes from this kind of uh, old punk club in Trenton called City Gardens.
2: Hmm, probably that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Like, we would go there. And when we were in high school, I could be, like, any night of the week, we'd be like, who's playing? Great, let's go. Because it was so close. You know, you could go there in 25 minutes, see the show, be home at midnight and still get up for class the next day and i always joke i'm like in retrospect i can't believe my parents allowed me to go there cuz mm-hmm. it was so it was in such a bad bad area um I, I don't know i don't know how i uh, convinced them but um growing up uh in that area there was a cool radio station at at a Catholic college which is weird but uh there was a cool uh, radio station at Seton Hall University called WSOU and I specifically went to Seton Hall to work at WSOU because it was like a hard rock, heavy metal radio station, college station that people actually listened to. Ooh. Like, I had a, a following because it was right outside New York City. And being right outside New York City, I was I start, I was interning for major labels, Hmm. Wow. which is cool. I mean, well, it's cool that you you can learn a lot. You can learn how how, how you know the big boys do it.
2: Right. You
3: can, you can pick up a lot and like how how it works there
2: and not do it that way
3: yeah yeah um, well that business model obviously went out the window about twenty years
4: ago <laughs>
2: awesome.
3: it's yeah. funny you say that because after college I got a job working at one and I'd worked there for a couple of years and I was like saying to a coworker, I was like how do we make money I was like we just spent we piss money away like just big parties and like unnecessary stuff and he was telling me he's like it's catalog sales he's like we, he's like he's like you know we don't make any money in like new album sales it's catalog sales but I was there when the uh major all the major labels went bust I guess it was Two thousand two, when everything really went in the mm-hmm. toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, but which it, label was it? Uh, Columbia Records. Columbia. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, were biggest.
1: Like, one of the biggest,
3: right? It, at the time, we were really big, but we were known for pop music, like we, yeah. we were like Mariah Carey and um, Ricky Martin, and so like, like we weren't a, a known like rock or alternative label. But There was a lot
1: of legacy, like Billy Joel was on Columbia. You know, there was a lot of legacy acts, right? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Springsteen. Joel, uh, like
3: great jazz stuff. Like, great Miles Davis stuff
1: hmm.
3: like apparently that's that's where we made our money it was in like like represses and remasters of that stuff because it just cost, cost nothing costs us nothing to do that stuff. Hmm. but like so in the down like in the you know when everything went in the toilet, I you know from na- you know for the next 10 years I'd had I worked at like a, a major o- online download service called emusic.com. So I learned a lot there. I worked at some PR companies, so I learned a lot there and uh you know you also have a lot of friends who you know work and worked in the industry so you know you pick up things so like when i started doing the label i mean i made a ton of, i mean i still make mistakes but in the early days i made a ton of mistakes and i was just like, I'm like i wasted so much
1: money like doing foolish things um, <laughs> well it's funny because you were groomed to run a label it's like your whole like your losing
2: money market. was natural right
1: yeah
3: yeah <laughs> I, I was I was like I was saying uh, in the break when I was like, oh, I, I actually made money. Like, this, like, I didn't lose money this year. It was very exciting. <laughs>
2: so you're doing uh, something wrong then.
1: Well, yeah, we know yeah. a lot of people who run little labels, and they're always pretty happy to break even. So mm-hmm. we we definitely understand that. Concept. Well, the, the first couple of years, I wasn't really keeping track. And at
3: one point, I was like, I really got to keep better notes. You know, I got to give these to my accountant. Like, you know, when I do my yeah, taxes. Yeah, just for taxes,
1: if nothing else, just right? If tax. you're losing money.
3: Yeah. <laughs> And like for a while, I was like, "Ooh, like well, that was close. It was close to breaking even." And, that, and like last year, I was like, "I made a little money. Like that's like I would never would have guessed that. I would have guessed I lost money. So that was exciting." But um, you know, when I started the label, you you kind of get things rolling, and you kind of figure out how doing super super stuff, super DIY, like independently. You know, it's all you. You know, you can't just be like, oh, the, "The press guy will take care of this whole thing." Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's kind of been like that for whatever eight nine years just uh putting out records and trying different stuff and i, I always have the the, the dilemma of,
1: i think i mean most people
3: labels you know are like how do we reach young people like you know how do i reach 18 20 25 year olds and that's still don't I give
1: a crap about rock music for the most part
3: <laughs> i know they're they're out there i know they're out there but like, they like are, they how, are how, like how do i reach these people without coming you know being a keeps coming off like a creep.
1: <laughs> it it's, it is it is strange cuz like you see young guys into metal but you just don't see many young men into rock and roll. I don't I don't know. I don't know either.
3: Like like I I tell like friends like you know who are you know in their 30s and I'm like, "Look, I'm like we got to be nice to these kids. Like we want to have them like bring their tell their friends that the band was cool and maybe they'll bring <laughs> more friends." And I'm like, we can't we can't, you know, be like shitheads to them and try to you know turn them off.
1: All right, I'll tell you what. Let's. I, I mean, I, I I agree, but they're so annoying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real. I mean, there's,
3: there's there's a way to do it that we could we can figure it out.
1: Well, it's a weird world, right? Because like my, so I have a couple of young adult kids, and my one son, like he kind of likes Greta Van Fleet. Sure. And if you know Greta Van Fleet, they're like a kind of a Zeppelin rip off. They're very, they're from right here in Michigan. Play hippie music. They wear freaking bell bottoms and beads and stuff. They look ridiculous. But I'm like. Yeah, 20 years ago I'd have been like, ah, screw that band, they suck and I still kind of feel that way, but now I'm happy to see any rock and roll band succeed.
2: Yeah, for sure. Get that.
1: It's hard to even root against the Foo Fighters when they're competing against, you know, Mariah Carey or whatever. Some, guess, whatever the Lizzo or whatever the modern Mariah. In Carey the
3: back is. of my head, yeah, I'm I'm always like, I'm like, is rock and roll coming back? Like, yeah, like, there is rock on the charts again and, you know, maybe yeah. You, know, you always joke it's all cyclical. I'm like, when when it's going to be like the late 90s again, early 2000s.
1: Well, it's you know in the '50s, rock and roll itself was rebel music, and maybe it's going to get back to that. Where anything that's just even kind of rock and roll, you know, any loud guitar music is going to be rebel music again.
3: Yeah, I, I, I was having the internal—I was digging holes at work today, and I was having the internal discussion of, do I have to make a TikTok account to reach <laughs> pe- to reach young people? Like,
2: I don't the, want to. I don't want to may, do this. Then maybe you do look creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I have
1: to. Well, They're it's like, funny, you Neil. Know, we've talked to some people who are like our age who are doing that, or maybe not quite our age, but like I'm 50, Neil's 60, so maybe not quite our age, but like like our friend did just opened a record store. He's in his early, he's in his forties. He's doing one. I think he said he's getting results, right? Uh, yeah.
2: I, well, I don't know. I, I mean, he has one for sure, and he's you know, and he does stuff for the record store on there. I don't know. If it's I driving business, but you I just know. like
1: to watch people get hit in the groin and like fall off of stuff. <laughs> I don't know how that really helps sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's play a song okay. because we already added an extra song. So let's play the song that we had intended to play first.
2: Which was, which one? I don't even know which one we intend to play. I don't play know first. either.
1: You got, <laughs> do you have a mental order that you'd like to play these in, Teddy?
3: No, no. You can play play. Uh, I'm, I'm the guest here. Play in whatever order you well, like. Well, that's uh,
2: sorry, a, I, a, we try uh, to cater to your to your every whim. I tell you what, let's do the new the well, according to Discogs anyway, the newest release you have is this band the Damas, which oh, I yeah. you, which I know you sent me a track, I don't remember which track it was you sent me, but um tell me a little bit about them, where they're from and what this uh, release is called.
3: It's a very funny story um, over quarantine days, my wife and you know, we just sat around, you know, drinking and eating and checking out music. And I, <laughs> yes. and my wife was playing this band from Sweden, it's kind of catchy, you know, punky pop. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is really catchy. And I was like, the Dahmers. I'm like, where are they from? She's like, Sweden. I was like, cool. That's cool. And then like two weeks later, a package arrived from Sweden with like their entire back catalog. Hmm. Uh, like she bought everything. She spent, I don't know what she spent. I don't want to know what she spent. Ah. It, it <laughs> the,
1: was, shipping like, kill, the shipping would kill I know. You the insane, shipping
3: alone. Right? And, yeah. like, and I think then the logic is like, well, I'm going to buy everything because what if I want to buy it down the line? It'll be expensive to ship it again. And uh, I partner with a lot of labels in Europe just because, like, you know, we, we want to reach a worldwide audience. Sure. We don't just want to reach people in the States or Canada. And so Marco from Ghost Highway, like, wrote me and he was like, uh, Do you know the band The Dahmers? And I was like, Yes, of course. And he was like, You know, yes. they were, yeah, he's like, They have a single <laughs> coming out. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, Absolutely, I do. And well,
1: uh, just, it, mm. I would say just for distribution purposes, right? Because it's Japan in the neck. If you have a, European labels just much easier to distribute to Europe, and same with them. I would think they would love to partner with you just because, yeah, you can distribute relatively easily in America. So
3: Yeah, so I mean, I get a box of records sent over, which costs a fraction of what, you know, sending one, well, it costs a lot more than sending one record. Sure. But, uh, you know, it costs whatever, but then someone can buy direct from me. For you know, four dollars shipping instead of having to spend thirty dollars shipping, sure. which is more appealing. I mean, for all of us as big record nerds, And then you
1: do the same. You send him a box of records. It costs you a hundred bucks to ship it, but he can just ship them off for a few euros each or whatever. And,
3: and then every band can also be like, uh, you're like, hey, Europe, you can buy us from you know this label or that label. Like mm. it's available. You don't, you don't have to pay import tax on it. You don't have to pay crazy shipping.
1: You know so, what? what? Remember when we were kids, Neil, I don't know if they did this, but like when I was going to hardcore shows, like a lot of bands would, every band they'd play with, they'd buy a few records from, and sometimes these bands would have these amazing like little mini distros in a box. I miss those days, but I guess that has nothing to do with anything. Sorry, Neil, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to ask. So, okay, again, I'm looking on Discogs, and I'm looking at the sleeve for this release. Now... the picture that's on Discogs, it's got, like, looks like it has sticky tape all over it. Was that done on purpose, or is this actually someone's record that's got sticky <laughs> tape on it?
3: No, I think it's supposed to have, oh, have, like, you know, almost like a DIY kind okay, of... Okay, that's like, what like, it looks like, okay. You know, like, thrown yeah. together. I just um, wanted to
2: make sure that that wasn't actually someone's shitty record that they'd torn the cover on. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's
3: 100% supposed to, supposed to look like that. So yeah. that's the uh, the Ghouls in the Garage single. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, super fun and super catchy. It's, like... Uh, i mean it's one of those you're like this could get big in the states like young people could get could get into this
2: hmm. all right well Dahmer's let's listen right to now. yeah let's, right let's yeah that because of, of that new show on, uh, on the or whatever again. right um, all right let's listen to it so this is the damas from sweden and the song is uh, black widow <laughs> Because that was the damas with black widow so we'll go out there and buy the schools in the garage four track ep from spaghetti and, see i feel,
1: i also reviewed one do they have an um, uh, ep called creepiest creep or something like that like a four song ep that sounds sounds correct yeah see i think i reviewed that two years ago oh yeah My they brain. do yeah, they I totally do sense. i this, creepiest, is also... well they
2: have a lot of releases holy shit looking at this thing god damn <clears throat> yeah they're uh,
1: yeah
3: they're younger dudes and scandinavia seems to just crush it when it comes to doing rock like any type of rock and roll so yeah they just crank them out
2: well Well, that's the thing three albums
1: rock in europe rock in europe is doing well so there is a way right there is a path forward we just got to figure it out
3: so like ravagers just returned from europe uh, I mean, they did like, it was like 27 shows in 30 days. And they wow. came home. They, I did, it was a lot of shows. I, I was at one point I was like, hey, maybe you guys want to take a couple of days off and <laughs> actually see the <laughs> continent. <laughs> uh, and and they were like, no, like the first time in Europe, we want to play as many shows as we can play. And they came home just really happy. Um, they, I think it was something like the kids there go crazy. They don't just stand around, you know, like staring at you. Golf clapping. Hmm. Yeah, like just like watching you, just trying to like look cool. They're like, no, like these kids look all, like go nuts at
1: every show. So how'd you? uh I, This wasn't any at all where I intended to go with this, but because I, I want to, I, I got some more New Jersey questions, but we'll go back to that in a minute. But how'd you end up hooking up with the Ravagers guys? I mean, Matt's pretty well known, right? Or not? Yeah, Matt, right? Matt. The yeah, guy, Matt
3: from Matt Gads. Um, like he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that, that dude is a, a seasoned pro. So the Ravagers uh, Chase from Rambler would uh, like probably twice a year put on these like fests down here, uh, and they the names were always different. It's either like the Gathering of the Playboys or the Down South Showdown. Cool. I, I think it's been the Showdown lately, and he would just have like band a lot of bands you know he digs or bands he's friends with uh, come and play. So uh, the Ravagers dudes would always come and play, and then I just got to talking with Alex one day and Alex, you know,
1: that's that's the name. Alex, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. Singer. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we've and had him been on. on. Who's been yeah, on? Yeah, we had podcast? him on. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
3: that's... And we just got to talking, and then it's one of those like six months later. He's like, "Hey, I have some tracks. You want to check them out?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I want to check them out." And it's just kind of snowballed from
1: there. Hmm. And then, Bad well, it's Lines fantastic record. From... I hope they got. Yeah. I hope they're. Hope they're working. On, I think they're working on another one. I think they're. They're saying that on their social media. So
3: I know they they just wrapped up with Europe. They're they're playing. They had some shows for the summer, and I think yeah, they're gonna be writing and recording soon. Like they're they're just a machine.
1: I have not seen them yet, but they are playing a festival that I'm going to in Maryland. They're playing Savage Mountain, which we drove oh, nice. over for. It's a great smaller festival over in the uh, in the uh, what was it the, the Cumberland Cumberland Maryland in the mountains. So yeah. Matter of fact, Punk Tide, official sponsorship this year. Oh, awesome. That's <laughs> nice. super cool. Yes, we we also haven't figured out a way way to make money yet, but we also really haven't tried, so <laughs> we'll see. Oh, you have merch? You know, everyone go buy some merch. We do, yes. we do, yeah, go buy some yeah. merch. Loudpizza dot com. I
2: saw um I saw Ravages actually I think about a year ago with Susie Moon in Chicago. That was a great show. Oh, that's that, really, that's a that's live. that was a great show. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that I, that was a great tour. I know everyone had a really good time. Yes, like like uh, both bands just clicked and got on really well, and I think you know kind of drove everybody. Hmm. Yeah, now, was didn't, didn't they
2: just there. put out? A, didn't they? Didn't they just put out a second press of their album of Badlands? Yeah,
3: um, one one of the few second presses that, that I've had to do. Like they sold a ton of records, which is awesome. And then there, uh, we did the second press on a different color vinyl, and uh, luckily too, it came just in time for them to go to Europe. Like it was one of those. I mean, it came like a week before. Hmm. Like that, that European tour started. So, which is,
1: are you selling? Are they like a band like the Ravagers? I could see them being wildly popular in Europe because style-wise, they just hit it out of the park. Are <laughs> they selling records? Are you, a lot of more records in Europe than the U.S.? Or is it kind of is it a mixed bag? It's that's a mixed bag. Like
3: they, I mean, like every band, like they sell records when they play shows. Like when you tour and play sure, shows, sure. people always buy records. So between like me, them being on the road a lot uh european tour and wanda records out of germany like he's done we've all been really lucky and fortunate
1: hmm. because uh i remember when i ordered mine i got a black copy i ordered it directly from you and uh they you know i commented on their site that i just got it or somewhere on their facebook page i just got the copy and i think you chimed in and said i think you got the very last copy so oh. i think i got the last copy of the first press on black so yeah, that's a, yeah, I remember that. I was like, I can't believe I've sold out. Like that's yeah, suck that's it everybody. Awesome.
3: I got the last proof. <laughs>
2: how 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 many did so, you press of that first pressing? 500. 500. 500. We
3: sold out and then we made a did second pressing, of another, another 5, yeah. Nice. I, I you know, when you tour a lot, play a lot of shows and tour like it's I remember they were saying like it's such a great thing to have like people buy, you know, they like buying it, and it you know, you make a lot of money for, you know, food and gas and stuff like it really helps out
1: sure well even though i of course i hear bands that are on their own too saying that like vinyls are almost like a loss leader like you almost don't really make money on them But by the time you, the bands have put out their own stuff because they have so much into it by the time they sell it so but you yeah, 20 yeah. 25 bucks at the merch table that adds up
3: yeah um no it's true though like every band i, like, I work with they talk about like recording costs and they they range so vastly and sometimes you're like like jeez like you guys are never going to re- it's going to be so hard to recoup yeah. from this Find a basement studio, guys. Find a basement studio. <laughs> they they so exist had, still.
1: You so you said that, that you said it's one of the one of the ones you've had to repress. What's the, what were the other ones you had to repress?
3: I had to repress the Criminal Kids single. I uh, had to repress that. It's like a twelve inch EP. That was a That was five hundred two. I can't remember. I think it was three or five. I think, I think it was five. And then we had to repress the Rambler uh, MFEP. Another mm. twelve inch six song single. So we repressed that as well, and that same thing. It was like Europe did really
1: well with it. Like we did well with it. See, I would think like to, to me, I would think like he who because he's kind of a big. Well, uh, so that he's just came out, out a... though, didn't it? That just yeah. Came yeah. Out. But Imposter you've done a couple things for out. him, right? Pardon, you've done a couple things for him though. You've done a couple. Yeah, of I did things. Um, the good,
3: the bad, and the uh, brutal, and then the new one, Imposter, that just
1: came out. He was a guy, you know, a super nice guy. The the he who he who cannot be named, super nice guy. Much mellower than I anticipated. Like I figured yeah. this guy was going to be kind of like a <laughs> wild man, but they're just just good dudes, kind of mellow, down to earth, very it's, Californian. I just still when, when I when I speak. talk to him,
3: it's still like you're still this weird. Like he's he's great and tells you like you know he has stories, but you're like like still a little weird. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like I mean, It was a bit because I, I think we had the didn't we have the whole band on? With it? I think so we did we all the, four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it was a little bit of chaos. It was it, it was, was too much, honestly. it was too much.
2: honestly. Yeah, chaos. it was think, it was a bit it was a bit chaotic. <clears> but the band didn't sound <throat> all the album I should say didn't sound at all like I imagined it was going to. Yeah, you no, know, he's he's got a pop
1: sensibility.
3: This
2: song, he certainly right? does. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that these older guys who grew up like in the '70s and '80s, like you know, into music. Like, like like again like the Ramones like they were super into like pop music growing up sure. i think I think sure. like the Hegu guys and the dwarves guys are the same
1: but even though but even though it's like super twisted too you know you, the, oh, yeah they might one, have yeah. a nice might have a nice tune to it but it's still got a you know dark a nice darkness to it that's oh, what I yeah. you mean you, you're he's so nice you're like it's still a little it's still a little strange yeah. <laughs> yeah. i it's funny because you know he doesn't come out here when they tour out here so, like, I—I I mean, of course, I don't think he does anything with the doors anymore. But when he did, mm-hmm. still, when he was still playing like California shows, he would never come out to the Midwest. So it was. So I've—I've I've never seen him in the flesh.
4: Well, even
3: like Salt Peter from the Dwarves, I saw him and Blag do acoustic once and I was telling a friend, and he was like, "It had to be in Oakland because Salt Peter never leaves Oakland." I was like, "It w- <laughs> was in fact in Oakland."
1: <laughs> there you go. So I will tell you what, were we going to play a He Who song? Or were we not going to deal?
2: Was that on our list? Uh, we yeah, watch actually was yeah yeah. Well, yeah. let's
1: let's stick that in there so we can so I can we can transition back to okay, growing up for, in New Jersey on the radio station. I am sort of fascinated by this. So. Okay, I am. As those long people, as he as long as he can hold off on dinner, I am going to drill him on that a little
2: bit. Tom, for those people that don't know, um, introduce who he who is. Just you cannot be named, He's
1: the guitar player, best known as guitar player from the Doors, but he's put on a ton of solo stuff, which is also very good,
2: <laughs> including so. a kids' record. Right, that's right. I it's
1: like funny. That. Right, because when I was Spotifying them before we had them on, so, you you know, you hear Duct Tape Love and Sunday School Master and all these songs like that, and then all and then all of a sudden this, like, little ditty comes out. It's like, what is going on here, man? And you, like, start tapping your phone to make sure it's not broken like it was a wall <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, is,
2: there, is there a different he maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's listen to, so this was off the new album Imposter, and the song is Just called Get Out. This came a couple months ago? Yep, a couple of months yep. ago, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple months yeah. ago. Yeah. So, this song's called Get Out.
0: It's over now, you gotta go home. Pick it up, you move too slow. Your end is born, where's been more out! Unless You're hitching the ass as you go. Your rights have all gone wrong. You've been here way too long. Your clock is ticking your swan song Your future now is past I wish I could say it went too fast You've been wasting my valuable time You're coming to the end of the line Your house is burning, your wheels start turning The games in sudden death over time Your future now is past I wish I could say it went too fast The sky, I lose no one on top of it. Bad, I say, catch it.
2: Okay, that was He Who with uh is it just he who or is it he who cannot be named yeah, right? we
3: okay. all say he who like i write he who and yeah. uh but yeah it's definitely he who cannot be named but yes he who, he who for short or mr he who
2: even though but, his name his name is Stuart. no it's not <laughs> stewart but he has a
1: very very normal <laughs> name and it was sort of weird when i remember emailing a little bit back and forth he's like he sounds like a chicago plumber you know like he could be a chicago plumber <laughs> well like he's from he he's it. from wisconsin
2: isn't he, from, isn't he from Highland Park? Is he not from Chicago here? No, that was Black. That was Black who was from Highland Park. Well, I Park. thought
1: the whole band originally got together in the Chicago. That's maybe, maybe that's where they connected. Yeah. Okay. He's from Wisconsin. That makes sense. There's a lot of, uh, how shall I say, I, I, I used to say, just say Polak, but my so my kids are like half Polish and they're like, my youngest daughter's very politically correct. like, you can't say Polak anymore. I'm like, well, I grew is up from Polak. Is it just Poles? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I'm sick of. I mean, I've never offended a full Polish person, as far as I know. Other than you know, this millennials, this Gen gen Z. Yeah. (laughs) A a friend the other day was trying
3: to figure out if "dude" was gen terms aside, if if, if it was gender neutral. And I'm like, I think "dude" covers all. I think it does. It does. I think "dude," you're you're covered.
1: Even though it took me, it took me a while to get used to young women calling me "dude." Like it always (laughs) felt a little weird. But but I'm I'm a big dude person. I'm everybody's dude. I, I guess that's better than hey, Mister. (laughs) <laughs> hey, sir. is worse. Hey, excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you are yes. getting old, right? Yeah. That's no. I good. am. It's I no am good.
2: very old. Hey, <laughs> let me let me ask you before Tom gets onto the New Jersey thing. So <clears> you <throat> you put out the last album by Slaughter and the Dogs. How the hell did that come about?
3: It's actually another funny one. The manager and wife of uh, the singer from Slaughter of the Dogs. Sorry, Slaughter and the Dogs singer Mick Rossi. Yeah, I, I was like, mean, I'm trying to get my words right. He uh, he's married. His manager is slash wife is someone I've been friendly with, and at one point they were like, "Hey, you know, we, she's like I'm. She used to have a punk website, which I can't remember the name of it, like an interview site. Uh, she doesn't do it any longer, but we'd always had nice exchanges. And she was like, "Hey, I, like I dig what you do, you know? Would you be interested?" And I was like, "Uh, absolutely." And the funny thing was, is like in my head I was like, "Yeah, uh, this is a kind of a no brainer." And I, I was just like, oh, can I send some music over? I just want to, you know, check it out, um, you know, see what it's about. But the answer in my head was already yes. And then I had another friend and I was like, I'm like, this sounds awesome. Let me just run this by you to make, make sure I'm not just, you know, being uh, fanboying. And he's like, no, this sounds awesome. And I was like, okay, mm. like, yeah, like that just confirms what I thought. And I'd already kind of mentally decided.
2: So I made a horrible mistake there. The singer is uh, Wayne Barrett. God, and, Mick Rossi and,
3: was the other uh, uh, Yeah, the Mick Rossi was the porter.
2: guitarist who they've had a horrible falling out. So, sorry.
3: So yeah, <laughs> I don't know the finer details, but it did seem very uh, unpleasant.
4: Well,
1: yeah. didn't, didn't, so, okay, so we're talking to Mark from TKO. Didn't he put on a Slaughter her too? Was that the same singer or was that like one of the offshoot different slaughter the dogs they
2: well they they seem like an old married couple because they keep falling out like like, Ah, what wayne and mick keep falling out and so like the second slaughter record which was just the name slaughter um that That had that had a different singer so mick had the name at that point but then i guess now mick and wayne had a falling out and now wayne's Got the name, and Mick's got a different band. I don't know. I'm assuming at some point they'll get back together again because they always well, seem to. There's so. more
1: money together than apart, I would think. And yeah, there's definitely. probably not that much money either way, so you better get what you can get.
2: But, but <laughs> so so with this new album, which has got a uh, the silent betrayal, I guess it's got a it's got a um, Italian name. It looks like um,
3: or Latin. I think it's Latin.
2: Oh, it's Latin. Okay. So how did how is that? I I haven't actually listened to this. This came out last year, I believe. Right.
3: Yeah. So it was the same thing when I got it, and I was like. This sounds like classic slaughter and the dogs. I was like, "Oh, it I, does, I, okay." Yeah, well, I'm like, which I love, and I was like, "This is crazy that like I'm going to be part of this awesome, you know, release."
1: Yeah, that first record is so amazing. I mean, even if it wasn't that good, you'd still have to put it out, right? Just because yeah. I'm the goodwill of the first record from 1978 or whatever it was. And the name, right? You yeah, just the name. Yeah, like, there you It's go. a no name. I mean,
3: but yeah, I mean, luckily it came out. It was awesome, and uh, I know um, there. Uh, you got me mixed up between yeah, Wayne Barrett. I know Wayne and his his wife are over in France, which is it seems kind of common for a lot of English people as well. Hmm. Uh but they do a lot of shows uh in Europe and they're doing some in the States, some festivals as well.
1: Hmm. hmm. I wonder where that would be, Because, like, man, with Riot Fest kind of gone alt alt rock, like what's the big like <laughs> other than punk rock bowling, what other big punk festivals are there, I wonder it was yeah, some something cool
3: i mean like real cool like i feel like the riffs were playing and oh, oh maybe okay. it was like
1: the burger boogaloo or something there is some cool smaller stuff out in the west coast still like in oakland or san francisco stuff like that huh interesting cuz yeah. most, most of these big festivals in california it seems like it's pennywise and you know <laughs> the offspring and we're playing a barbecue for only one hundred and fifty dollars or something.
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, that, that you say that. Like, and this isn't an, an anti-punk rock bowling thing. I think it's a it's a fun fest, I've yeah, been, just and fun. I've had, and I've had a good time. But um, we, we've talked about certain certain lineups, and like I've said to some friends, I'm like, you know, it's okay. It's just it's kind of the bands you expect to you know you expect yeah. to be at a festival. And but when I talk to friends from Europe, they're like, it sounds incredible,
1: and I'm like, oh. Right, I mean, like, because these bands don't come. Cause, yeah, because Rancid, the Dropkick Murphys, and what well, was the other one this year? Bad Religion aren't playing constantly like they are here.
2: Well, yeah, we ha- but being in the Midwest, we have the same feeling for whenever we have a guest on from the West Coast. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, whatever it is in Huntington Beach, you know, uh, this weekend or Long Beach. And there's like six bands playing, and then there's six bands that we've bands never next seen. And we're just Yeah, here, we'd just absolutely sad. love to see, you know, some of the nardcore bands or something. And uh, it just seems like every week there's something happening, you know, in Southern California that we, ne- that we would die to see. You well, know? there it was, was a, like, a a muddy,
3: muddy Roots in Tennessee, like, yeah, yeah that's three, six or seven years ago. Like, yeah. they put the lineup out, and it was like, cox bar the addicts fear and yeah. all these other bands and like i've seen to my wife i'm like i'm like i'm going and she's like camping in tennessee in the summer she's yeah. like she's like i'm not i'm not going and i was like i do not care cox like, bar I, canceled if it makes you feel any better. they did i know <laughs> I, 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 like i like i think Someone else I fear the addicts canceled too, and I was like, "Well, this is okay. Maybe the camping's turning. I'm not into it now."
1: I can't but, uh, and I can't camp. We spent thousands of years finding, putting up, learning how to put up permanent shelter. I'm not camping.
3: But friends in bigger city were like, "Yawn, that fast, and I was like, "No, I'm like these bands don't come to the southeast." Like, I'm yeah. like i mean i've never seen them they don't come to the southeast like we're not new york or los angeles
1: i have never been to muddy roots but there's a whole contingent of guys up here in grand rapids that i'm friends with they go down there and they swear by it like they'll go for life so i think they really are doing something really special down there at muddy roots i uh I, I would like yep. to get down there, but the camping is kind of a deal-breaker, and there's no, like, walking-distance hotels. I can't go down there and drink 50 PBRs and stumble back somewhere. So.
2: Isn't, it mainly, isn't it mainly jam bands, though, like widespread? No, American no, it's, shit? it's like,
1: alt-country and punk, mostly, and metal, yeah. shoulder oh. metal. All kind, right. It's all over the place, honestly, but it's nothing—there's no jam bands. There's no hippie. You're nonsense. thinking of Bonnaroo in the middle of Tennessee.
3: All
2: right, maybe maybe that is it. But anything with camping, I just, I just automatically assume it's going to be the same as fucking Glastonbury or some (laughs) other kind
3: Yeah, exactly. In the mud. When I was was a younger person, I always wanted to do like a Reading or Glastonbury, and then every year you'd be like, "And look at that, it rained again."
2: Yeah. (laughs) Glastonbury is just so fucking lame now. I mean, it's you know.
1: Well, you know, a lot, a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that Muddy Roots, like I said, I haven't been there, so I, I can't directly vouch for it. But I know they're doing some cool stuff. But but I also, my friends, because I think Fear did end up playing, and that was one of the guys. You know, I, I really struggle with the Fear thing. They're actually doing Chicago in a couple weeks because they're just – just, I'm not getting good reports as much as I'd love to see them <laughs> one last time.
3: See, I've <laughs> actually never seen Fear, and they're doing Atlanta and i'm always like with a lot of these bands we like i'm like they're not getting any younger and like we really i gotta really catch them while i can well any scenes opening the atlanta
1: show right that should be fun yeah, it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be chaos. But uh, but leaving is getting a little old. What can I say? Yeah, he I was I was gonna say I was gonna
2: say they they just did punk rock bowling and someone you know put up a video from that and it actually looked like <laughs> someone's granddad had wandered up on the stage <laughs> and was just like mumbling into the microphone. It was it was kind of sad to tell you the truth.
1: Mm. I, I still wouldn't mess with leaving though. No, I probably wouldn't either. He'd probably crack you with his <laughs> last ball that he doesn't play I mean, anymore. He, he was in the army, man. Was Se- seventy years ago? Well, the, well yeah. that's the funny thing, right? Like, because the the fear of the record, I think he was like thirty when it came out.
3: Like so he I, was he was not young. I thought about this. Like, I think he went to boot camp in like sixty seven or sixty eight. Which I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm like, that's crazy. That's before I was born. He's older than my parents. And then he um, he went to, from what I have read. I'm mean, like, he went to Vietnam, and I'm like, he went to Vietnam, and then he like came back to L A. and like got into the punk scene. And I was like, <sighs> that actually seems like this great like. Goes in from this shit show of Vietnam into this shit show of the LA punk scene. I did not know that about him. At I didn't all know that
2: either. That's amazing.
3: And it's a lot of and I'm, I'm like it's a lot of younger kids, you know, in the scene. I'm like and it's yeah Lee who's how you know older than the the 20 year olds just like didn't give a shit.
1: I remember like playing in bands when I was like 20, 21 years old and there was guys that were still playing who were like thirty and we were like, Oh my gosh, these guys are so grown up, so yeah. so old, you know. Meanwhile now I'm fifty, they're fifty five or sixty, and it doesn't seem to make a bit of difference. But Nah. And, no, and some of us not are to, still there. Some of us. Not to us. But yeah. So all right. What were we talking about, Neil? <laughs> uh, who we, knew that we went about. off on a tangent, that's strange. It makes me makes me wonder if now we should play a song since we lost our train of thought again.
2: All right uh Let's see. You've mentioned Rambler earlier. I um, R- yeah. I don't M- know them either. R tell M them B them. L R. So yes. tell us tell us a little bit about them.
3: So Rambler is in Atlanta, but I can't even say they're they're kind of an Atlanta band. So it's Chase Tail, who was uh best known for being in a oh my god, I just forgot the name of the band he was in. Um, the Heart Attacks. The Heart Attacks, like fifteen years ago. Chase early.
1: Tail. That's a great rock
2: and roll name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That's, a that, bad. <laughs> that's yeah.
3: He, he is quite one of a kind.
2: <laughs> but the heart attacks
3: had um tuck from the biters in it uh, mm-hmm. guys who went on i mean it was for a while in atlanta it was always like any band that was formed would always say like former members of and it was always like heart attacks were so often on that mm-hmm. list and he's been in chase has been an atlanta guy forever and he did dino's boys who were a great uh lo-fi punk project and then he started doing rambler where he had a band called easy magic which just became rambler which I thought was a I like Easy Magic as a name, but Rambler is a cooler name.
1: Hmm. Um and he's Not a Atlanta. cooler car, but a cooler name.
3: <laughs> and he uh <laughs> got a, a band together and uh scraped together some songs. Actually, now that I'm remembering better, it was Alex from Ravagers was filling in on a Dino's Boys tour because someone in the band couldn't um hmm. couldn't tour and they rec- recorded some songs in like DC or Baltimore that became the rambler demos and they were super cool and just super tough and sounded awesome and uh he's chases a, a, a guy in atlanta who you know i'm putting out records but he's putting on these uh, festival shows so he puts on these festivals like i was saying earlier the down south showdown or the gathering of the playboys so that'll be rambler wildlife ravagers you know and f- does other it, Does other still
1: play regularly, or is this like their once-a-year show they play? Is this- they
3: play regularly. They play pretty good, uh, a pretty good amount of the time. They don't tour as much. They're actually about to go on tour, hmm. or they're just wrapped up tour. But uh, but now Jerry from Bad Mother plays in the band. Joey, who was in the Biters, plays in the band. Uh, Chase and uh, some other... It, 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 it rotates a little bit. Hmm. The lineup rotates a little bit, but th- there's uh, some some mainstays but they're like this punk almost bover, almost hard glam hmm. band they're incredible live uh hmm. he's a chases a, a you know if, if you have one if, if your job was to be a front man like he's perfect perfectly cut out to be a, a front man just owns the stage
2: okay and let's s- listen to it so what is this song called because i can't pronounce this
3: uh, he does have a bit of a southern accent, and so it's it, it's supposed to be talking about. But it says but he, t- talum, Talumbout? Talumbout. So it's. Okay. A bit
2: st-
1: bit southern of an accent but it's, i think it's talking about talking
2: all
3: about, right.
1: about you know talking you about. can't even can't even tolerate people from southern england let alone sorry <laughs> <United States. laughs> <Yes>. that's, that's <laughs> a whole other
2: thing southern yeah. puffs um, all right so this is rambler with tom about there you go <laughs> <laughs> well said my friend thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tricks, Drops in the names of fill a full book of With all these Why you sitting here talking to me? Yeah. David's Why, why I want to see a reunion and we never see you again Devin it's all that I see It's a big mouth blabbing about no Better see You got me in the corner and I got nowhere to go
2: Tall about which is off their newest uh, EP, I believe, which came out a couple years ago.
3: Yeah, uh, I guess three years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, they shot one of the videos to here in Atlanta for Machine Gun, and then like literally like two weeks later is when like quarantine started. Ah, bad and I, rem- I remember a friend of ours was at that video shoot, and like you know, the, like the next day he was like, "So I have this thing. They don't know what it is." Um. Yeah, so that came out during uh, COVID days, hmm. and it's called it's called the MFEP, and like I always assumed what MF stood for, and later I was still like no, like no man, but, like it means Mother's Finest.
2: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure it does. Okay, and that. Okay, so that's a twelve. That's a six track actually. That's a twelve inch, right?
3: Yeah. So, uh, uh, so many. I've done a bunch of six track twelve inch EPs because so many bands will have. They're like they, they don't want to they don't want to do a single but they don't want to they're not ready for an album and we're like you know we could do six tracks it actually turns out to be pretty cool um i think it was like tommy and the commies did that for that great ep or album but it's a double a side album and i was like mm-hmm. well, we're gonna do like you know a six song three songs on each side uh, you know ep and I've, I've done them a bunch they're they're a lot of fun
2: and tom uh tommy and the commies uh, were on which label
3: that's a slovenly
2: band. Yeah, tying into our... Oh, is that our, right? Our, okay, yeah. okay, I got gotcha. you. Oh, no, I, I, I thought it was your yeah.
1: buddy you played in a band with in the 80s, Neil.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: no. <laughs> is that a different no, that's, story? That's,
2: that's, that's Commie Tommy from uh, from Grand Rapids. That's, that's, right, that's right. That's a different dude. <laughs> uh, different
3: good. commies altogether.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. He's a, he's a more uh, ag- active commie. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so you 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 go to college in New Jersey. Yeah. And you're working on the radio station. Is that where you like? Had you already been a serious record collector before that, or did you like start getting a bunch of free stuff, and that's when you kind of got the got the Because <laughs> I, I imagine it's pretty good to work at a college radio station. I'd right?
3: always been buying records, like the whole you know the whole time. Like you know, um, we, we would t- when I was in high school, we would take the bus uh, into like into this like town where they had like two cool record stores, and you could go and buy like still like. I wish I had bought more vinyl then. It was I was buying like cassettes and CDs. Sure. Probably, probably more cassettes.
1: Yeah, I feel that man.
3: Yeah. So uh, so I was probably buying a lot of cassettes then. But yeah, once I got to college, I'm at the radio station. Yeah, cool bands were coming by. Yeah, that you are getting on like promo lists and like you know getting CDs in the mail. So yeah, that was cool. And then like when you start working at a major, it anything on a major you ever wanted. You just, like, ask someone, like, call someone at the other label, like, be like, hey, like, you want to trade this for that? And they're like, yep. And you're just getting more CDs and you know what to do
1: with. Mm. And now you're sitting there with a big pile of CDs like I am going, what do I do with these CDs? I have, yes. I have
3: Nobody a, cares about CDs anymore. I have a 5x10 storage unit that has some a label overflow slash bins and bins of CDs that I don't know what to do with. Do you
1: do, you do CDs for your artists or are you strictly vinyl at this point?
3: I've done some CDs. Um...
1: They're so easy weird, to sell merch. Like you could sell for five bucks. They, ten bucks yeah, the they
3: industry. weirdly sell okay. Like I mean, they always. Um, you, you never lose. I've never lost money on a CD. I've used them like, like promotionally. Like sometimes sure. I'm like, like I'll send these out to like writers or whatever. But yeah. uh, after a the handful, there's some weird, not weird, but some people just buy CDs still. like. Yeah, I guess listen-
1: a few years ago, I was, I was still would choose a CD over vinyl. I think the COVID thing for me. Like when I was stuck at home, I could still buy records. I think that's when my record collecting really kicked into double OCD, where I was just buying. I had to have a package come to the house because I couldn't leave the house, and I was sad, you know. Yeah, they so had to have the mailman bring me records. Yeah, but no, CDs are cool, man. But I, uh, I just uh, no, they're not, the horrible. No, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm buying another car for my another teenager, Neil, and it's gonna have a CD player in it, and it's good for the car.
3: I, I was in a record store and I I've always bad will never do cassettes just cuz I hate, hate cassettes as a format. Yeah, cassettes suck. I mean, I'm like I'm not saying vinyl's a great format. It's also an awkward format, but cassettes yeah. are just terrible. But I was listening to like a young person in the store employee having this ca- discussion about cassettes and I wanted to chime in so badly like like cassettes were terrible in the 80s and they're still terrible. Yeah.
2: Yes.
1: I we we struggle with this cassette revival because I mean, who is a cassette player, for one thing? I mean, the last cassette player I had was, like, my daughter's 2001 Buick Regal that we had to get rid of. Now. <laughs> I mean, yep. seriously, I have no cassette. I I, I just I, – I don't know. I mean, it's just the nostalgia, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if, like uh, – I was going to
3: say proper adults. I don't know if it's younger people or older people buying cassettes. I feel like it's a lot of younger people. It's younger people, yeah,
2: it, it is. is. It's younger people. Well, yeah.
1: and I think what it is is – at least to my understanding, I think a lot of it is – well, I'm gonna pay ten dollars for this cassette and get the download, and because I really only want the digital anyway. But at least then I get this physical artifact. I, I think maybe I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, it was funny. I had an artist once, note, like, comment to me, like, he's like, "You sell my CD for?" It was like five dollars or something. He's like, "You sell it for five dollars on your website?" And I was like, "Yes." And he's like, "It seems cheap." And I was like, "After shipping and tax, it's like eleven bucks." Yeah. And I was like, "And that's what a download costs." And I really can't, you know. Like I'm trying to match the download.
1: Well, things have changed so dramatically with the CDs. You know how fast they fell from grace, but maybe they'll get, uh, maybe they'll get redemption like cassettes did, right? Because if cassettes deserve a second act, CDs certainly deserve a second act. They sound better. They're much more convenient. So I'm waiting we'll for
3: eight track to come back. Uh, no, we don't
2: some, even get a know somebody on that. who does
1: custom eight tracks. Yeah, so. I we feel
3: I feel like I saw some kicking around that I was like, I'm like, is this just someone made a label and put on an eight track like kiss it case or
1: is it real? Well, it's it's real. They play, but I don't think uh, I don't know. It's it's. What's the
2: fucking point? There is no well, point. Yeah, there
1: you go. There you yeah. go. Well, I, we my brother-in-law you know my brother-in-law has a stereo in his garage that i'm pretty sure still has a working eight track player so we can <clears> go like out that. there and drink some push lights and listen to some bob 8 tracks
3: like, <laughs> like I, I have a reel to reel but it's just cuz it looks cool like, yes I,
1: i'm yeah.
3: not making i'm not making mixed 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 tapes on, on the reel to reel
2: reel to reel you're looking
3: for something less convenient than records i have to carry around <laughs> these like,
4: like
2: spools <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: go go yeah. to parties like you guys. Are, you, what do you mean you don't have a real to real player?
2: <laughs> let me let me dig mine out of my car. I,
1: I made a great mix.
2: <laughs> It'll take so, me six six weeks to put it together. Hold on,
1: yeah, splicing it. Yeah, yeah you, all, in, uh, all in real time. You a, are you a Springsteen guy? Or are you not that big of a Jersey guy? It's a um,
3: I, if I were in New Jersey, I'd have to be, I'd have to like say it in whispers. Like not that into Springsteen. <laughs> Like, like I understand why he's important and I know sure. he, uh, I, I know why it's a big deal and I had a client like, like 20 years ago was like hey like Springsteen's playing the garden you know you've been such a you know great help I, you know, uh, I'll I'll take you to see Springsteen and I was like you know I should see Springsteen sure I should go and um, it's one of those it's yeah I mean again guy g- gives a hundred percent hundred and ten percent. But I, the show was like three or three or three and a half hours long. And oh, I, Jesus. Oh, Neil would have left it after 40 minutes. Yes. I think we did like an hour, an hour and a half, and she was like, I'm ready to go if you are. And I was like, Yes. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I've seen what I need to see.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, if somebody wanted to take me to see Bruce for free, I'd go see him. And now he's a doddering old man. So, I mean, it probably would have been cool in the 80s or 90s or whatever. But, huh. That's kind hey. of like. I made a joke earlier about Bob Seeger, but that was like. our he, Bob Seeger was kind of our dime store. For Springsteen, I did see him. He was old and fine. It was fun. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see, I could see Seeger still. I don't think he plays anymore. He's retired. He
3: looks like Santa Claus. I think, from what I can understand, I think Springsteen may. I don't know if he's if he's going to wind down or because he's an older guy. It's well, if you see something. him,
1: he like he like looks like he's an old farmer or something now. Like he walks around in a cowboy hat and he mumbles like Bob Dylan. I don't know what's going on with that.
3: I, I did hear hear a great like it wasn't it was a funny interview where they're interviewing Springsteen and they were like they're like, like you do this thing where you're like like, like where I'm from you yeah. Yeah, yeah, you either go to work in the factory or go work with your dad yeah 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 his steel. yeah and then they're, they're, like, they're like you live 40 miles from New York City like, yeah like you could be on a train into New York in like under an hour like what are you talking about
1: so yeah, here's, a called, que-
2: here's a question for you both it's
1: blue collar chic
2: <laughs> who's older Lee Ving or Bruce Springsteen
1: are they're about the same, early
3: 70s? I would say, yeah, they could but probably really close.
2: Very good, actually. Yeah, Springsteen is uh, like one year older. That's and wild. Really old. Yep.
1: You know what? You know what? Springsteen never wrote, I love living in the city, or I don't care about you. So, <laughs> he never oh, wrote, screw <laughs> him. <laughs> No beef bologna. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lee Ving's in a van, doesn't even know where he is, somewhere between Iowa and fr- frickin' Nebraska. Bruce Springsteen, the working man, lives in a freaking mansion the size a, of uh, We
3: know Lee Ving will not be doing a three hour long fear show. No, he would be lucky to get a half hour out of it. And and thank you <laughs> so much, Mr. Ving, for not doing that. Yeah, you know, I did see an incredible show once and the band played for like it may have been like twenty five minutes and I was like, that was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it was the <laughs> hives.
2: Oh no, yeah. 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 They
3: were, they were the headliner with Encore was like twenty five minutes and I was like, they left me wanting more. Like like they left me on such a high, not my well, well, kind of droning. That well, was
1: actually that was me with fear. So I only saw Fear one time. It was nineteen ninety nine. I remember very distinctly. It was the year my son was born because I wasn't drinking beer. That's probably why I can remember it. Because uh I was like had my beeper, like in case my <laughs> <getting to> beloved <labor. laughs> <laughs> and they played for about a half hour. And I was like, wow, that is a really... And one of the the openers was Blood for Blood from Massachusetts. Oh, wow. And the guitar player spun around and hit the head of his Les Paul on his microphone stand and broke the head of his guitar. So they played like two songs. The, the headliners and the like, the main two traveling acts played like maybe 35 minutes to the them. It was amazing.
3: Yeah, I, but, I would love I would love a show that... Uh, I mean, I'm closer to 50, so I'd love a show like that right now. Like,
1: oh, it's done? Like, wow, it's 10 o'clock. Oh, right.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. yes, thank, thank you. Home. Jesus, I, I say that every week. Um, so talking of uh, Leaving You Wanting More, I think that's one of the reasons I think that Rappage's album was so good. Because it's only 10 songs, but every song is killer. Um, versus, okay, and I'm not going to diss them because um, I like Rancid, but... That new album, I think it's sixteen or seventeen songs. Oh, e- they could easily have cut it down to twelve. But it's only songs.
1: thirty minutes or twenty eight minutes. It's sure. I think it's sixteen songs, twenty eight minutes.
2: It, it, yeah, but it doesn't matter. There's like there's like at least four songs which shouldn't be on there. That's a so, lot of
1: songs. Yeah. I mean, I haven't
3: heard it, but that's a lot of songs. I remember when Alex sent over the Ravagers record, and like I played it through, and so long was the last song, and I was like, yeah, I'm like you didn't even like close the album with like like a stinker. Like it's it's still a really good track.
2: Yep. Yeah it's uh and no 17 songs think, thank you yes. i don't know neil see the, so the new bowl
1: weevils came out which is very good by the way but it's 10 songs 23 minutes to me i could have used two more songs
2: i could have got half hour give me a half hour no that's enough it's it's enough and, no, and we're that, gonna have I,
1: to we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one i'm afraid
2: well and there's, and there's three songs that have previous previously been recorded on four. that too which i find weird but
1: horrible
2: oh four oh i thought yes. it
1: was three you didn't read my review of it, yes.
2: <laughs> I guess I, sorry about, meticulously sorry about
1: researched, that. Meticulously researched by me by going through my old CDs and discogs. So, you went you went out to the crate in the garage and got your CDs out? No, I actually have mine up again. They sat in the basement for years, but I've got them. I've got access to it. It makes me sort of happy. <laughs> but I need to get rid of some. You know, it, it gets to a point where, like, am I ever going to listen to this for the rest of my life? Because if I'm not, then I probably. Don't
2: either, that right? dude that is a very depressing thought because i think of that from time to time i have am i ever going to listen to this record ever again and that just makes you fucking sad as hell
3: well then also i, I think too i'm like i feel bad throwing music
1: away
2: what mm-hmm, do i yeah. do with this now right
1: well yeah and you do want it to go to a good home yeah i, I agree and that's why i you know we get sent a lot of records which is awesome but i, I don't feel really like, if somebody gives me a record, I don't really want to sell it. So I, I, occasionally do, I, I occasionally do Purge, and I'll send out a box. I have a box right now. I just got the new uh, Mr. T Experience reissue, and it came in such a beautiful pizza box. Like, I need an excuse to send somebody some records because I want to reuse that box because it's so nice. Unlike <laughs> the other 100 of them that are stacked up in the corner that are not nice. It's just right regular cardboard. <laughs>
3: You know, it takes time to get through them all and, you know, and sort out the boxes of which boxes you're going to hold on to. (laughs) Well,
2: uh, well, apparently you should send send the boxes to Ted.
3: I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. (laughs) I was going to say send the boxes to Ted. Apparently he needs them.
3: Yeah, I just need more (laughs) boxes. I I mean, I I am always grateful for my friends who are like, hey, here's some boxes. I'm like, sweet. But then um, sometimes I'm stacking them. I'm like,
1: I have a lot of boxes. Like this one's in really bad shape. But if I turned inside out.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's the filler pads too. where yeah, you like,
1: got to so, cut out those filler, so filler pads. Out those squares, yeah. And I don't have
3: to use like a different box and cut. Like I just have it ready to go.
1: All right, all right, Neil. should we play another song, or or should we go keep going a little bit more? What time would? What, uh... No,
2: well, let's 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 play another song. Let's, let's play, Okay, it. so. One of the songs you sent was a band called Mala Vista. I have no idea who this band is. Tell us, oh, tell yeah. us, tell us a bit about this band.
3: You know, Mala Vista, they're a, a kind of a 70s style punk band from New York City. I like it. Um, couldn't be nicer dudes. They uh, came down here to play a show. They flew down just to play a show with my friends in this band, Ladrones, who are this Puerto Rican punk rock band. And we just started talking after the show, and they're like the nicest dudes. And... Uh, We've stayed in touch ever since. I like in regular touch, con- regular contact, and uh, they are wrapping up, finishing up their album. But th- there's like a we have a, a finished, completed, master track that we're like, well, let's you know let's start just playing it around for people and kind of you, know, you know get it out there. And they're also one of the bands who took takes my advice, which is not terrible advice, <laughs> which was a lot of New York bands get really complacent. And they, you're in New York. New York's awesome. But you um, don't play outside of New York a lot. And partly it's because you don't have a car because you're in New York. But <laughs> I I was telling them, I was like, look, you have to play outside of New York. You can go to Boston. You can go to Philly. You can go to Baltimore. Like, there's a, tons of cities. You can go to New Jersey. There's tons of places you can play. Like, I highly recommend you start playing shows outside of New York. And then every once in a while, I'm like, ooh, like, ooh they're playing outside of New York. Like, so <laughs> smart. So wise of me.
2: <laughs> so, just looking these guys up on Discogs, it says they have two albums. Is that right? And they've been going since the twenty tens. It says, is that is that true, or is that Discogs bullshit?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure about the twenty tens, but they do have an album that uh, that uh No Front Teeth did, ruthless and toothless. He did that, and they have a single. I don't know. Oh, I guess uh, I've never, I've never even seen the Recession Sessions.
1: Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I do recognize these songs, so that's definitely their cassette. <laughs> that, that no front teeth guy comes up a lot. Like he's doing he a lot does. of good rock and roll stuff in yeah. Europe, I think.
3: Yeah, and I, I if I remember, I think someone will tell me like he's also a really good tattoo artist.
1: Yeah,
3: they're, they're like if you're in England and you happen like happen to have, spend some time, they are like, like get a tattoo. Like he's a great tattoo artist. Oh, I need a couple touch yeah, oh, yeah, oh, don't <laughs> he, he we gonna all. be in
2: London? Are you?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>
2: We'll tattoos. all right so what is okay so which thing are you going to put out for them is this this uh is this a new thing or is this
3: they have a, a new album coming out and it is also i'm not joking i think it's like 10 tracks in like 25 minutes like okay i, I did kind of like bust their chops about it once where i was like like what like, like really and but uh it does go on on theme of what, we, what we've been talking about so that should be out it's you know it's so tough to say with pressing times having gone in the toilet.
2: It's, Who are you using for that, by the way? Who are you using for your? Are you going to Europe for that stuff, or are you getting it done in the states?
3: We would like to get a European partner. So it's funny when you, when we have a European partner, we typically press in Europe. The cost is about the same, even with shipping. The turnarounds typically about the same.
2: Hmm.
3: But the issue is, um, if I press here and send to Europe, they get taxed so heavily. Okay. But yeah. It just kind of, it just kind of kills like it kills the deal. But when we get boxes sent here, we don't get. Uh, tax like european i mean they get like 20 25 they get hit really hard
2: so one time so tom you'll like this so when i was in the states i first came as an exchange student in 83 and i didn't think i was ever going to be coming back right so i bought a shit ton of records while i was here because records were cheap and you know how heavy records are so yes. i was i was send i was shipping them home to my friend to in england to keep for me because i didn't want to be carrying them back at the end of the holiday little did i know that every time i sent a box of like 10 records back to him he was having to pay like import tax like the I, postman with the postman was coming and collecting money from him every time
1: i remember that when we were sending t-shirts and stuff out to england cuz i sent a t-shirt to a guy and it cost me like $20 to ship it yeah, and then I sent it. You know, twenty dollars to buy it, and we ate some of the shipping on it because we kind of underquoted it. And then he had to pay a freaking yep. fee when it arrived. I mean, that's insane.
2: Yeah, fucking no wonder Indians, we broke
1: right. away from those bastards. You <laughs> know,
2: I'd do right. it again. That's I'd right. do it
3: again tomorrow. It, it's, yeah. it's it's insane. So yeah, it's it's a deal killer for those yo- those poor kids or you know poor Europeans that they get hit so hard. So yeah. If I get a European partner, I'll likely have to press in Europe just for that reason, which is fine. I've done it. Makes That's so many,
2: yeah. I tell, yeah. I've done
3: it so many times. Uh, if not, we'll press in the States. And there's a handful of plants that I use, uh, you know, great people. So we'll, we'll just kind of see, uh, you know, who, who's available at the time.
2: Yeah. Our friend Mark from uh, TKO Records, Mark Rainey, he has a pressing plant up in Oregon. Oregon? Right, Tom? Yeah, what's yep, it called? Yep. Do you remember Cascade. what it's called? Cascade. Cascade.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've used Cascade in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never had an issue with anyone. I mean, I think it's, a, it's such a small community of, of you know, people who, are, who are into music and stuff. They're trying to do everybody right, and they know, and they know it's a ton of like indie guys like myself.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. this this might actually be the long, the longest intro to, our, to a song ever because no, we no, were we going to play Malavista it was like
1: ten minutes just for an intro. We haven't yeah. played the song yet. See, so yeah, I already lost. No, we haven't, like,
2: we haven't played the song yet. No. So
3: yeah, so th- th- this is going to be Malavista. Uh, it's a record coming out. Uh, we're wrapping up art, and I think the final mastering, and then it'll it'll go into production. But uh, good dudes. This year,
1: early next year, late this year.
3: It'll probably be early next year. Yeah. But uh great band, great band lives, a cool like '70s New York punk feel. Uh, nice. Yeah, they're killer. They're they're great.
2: All right. So this song I believe is called In the Dark. Is that right? Uh,
3: yes, that's correct.
2: All right. So let's listen to Malavista, uh, within the dark. <laughs> there within the dark which is going to be off their fourth get well maybe in the next six months or something be looking for this album from Malavista early next year you said maybe yeah um, that's I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just oh, okay
3: we, we used to have these, these great days we pressing took like three months and it was cool and now it's like 10 12 months hmm.
1: so yeah we're, i guess we're probably never gonna get back to jersey you know i just always i'm always fascinated by that music scene out of jersey so many great artists have come out of there not you you going to ask him
2: about the misfits tom i know you want to
1: well the misfits of course came from new jersey uh did you see the misfits or are you a little too young
3: uh i'm too young to have seen the first run first time around i caught one of the i caught a reunion show in new jersey
1: oh yeah 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 that's right okay how was that it was fun i had a good time Oh, good. Okay. I mean,
3: I mean, th- there was the weirdness of you had to put your phone in these special bags and oh, big, pain, big, and big in pain in the hockey, ass. You're in a
1: hockey rink, which is kind of sucky,
3: and, and it's weird. And then you have like you know the Misfits horror piece, but then they have a dude in the shadows playing guitar. They have yeah. Issa Slade in the shadows <laughs> playing guitar, yeah, yeah. and he's like totally rocking out, doing jumps and stuff, and like he's great. He really ties the whole thing together. But uh, <laughs> but you're like, oh, this poor guy's like just going for it, and he's like just kind of in the shadows in the corner these other
1: guys are making six figures and he's just like like workman salary yeah like Doyle's
3: just pounding the guitar and like stomping around yeah
1: closing like yeah it's funny you know they <laughs> should if they weren't gonna you know if they were gonna hide them in the shadows they just should have got Bobby Steele to do it the original New Jersey tough guy
3: I oh it's you know I was joking on the original tours like when they started doing those I think it was riot fest shows where I was I was like I wonder if they had, like Bobby Steele's just sitting at home like gotta be home to wait wait for the call <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't think he
1: and Danzig get on too well. Danzig didn't did... get
3: on well, I don't think many no, people. No, he did
1: tell me, though, but they love uh, – Bobby loves Doyle. So he's a great guy, which is ironic because he stole his job. And the...
2: so It's true. Me
3: T- me 16-year-old Doyle or 15-year-old yeah. Doyle. Let already a monster.
2: This, let me ask this. So why were they taking your cell phones away?
3: So Danzig is Danzig, and he's... he d- – yeah, <laughs> you see him lately? he does a lot of So he has a really strict policy of no phones at his shows, and uh, which is funny. Right? Actually, it's annoying. So like, like if you have like in your pocket and you clearly have it out, like he has an eagle eye, and he will point at you, and security will come and like you know whisk you away. Um, but, Imagine that's what he's putting his energy into, Neil, picking people out. of, the office <laughs> out of But at w- at one point, I was watching the show and I was like, you know, I'm really enjoying this because you don't have to see the, like a sea of the back of ah, cell phones. Yes.
2: Oh no, I get I get that. I'm just wondering though. what when I mean, does he think it's going to steal his soul like like the old Native American <laughs> Americans used to? It's, or what? It's, what, it's, what it's, what's he's, the Amish.
1: he's Amish. He's well, Amish. I think it's just <laughs> because he's old, and I think he's kind of vain. Yeah, I, I think it's you know, it's it's not. It's I mean, he's you know, pushing towards seventy now, Neil. And, uh, I think, yeah, I
3: think he wants to control what the images of him come out. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want the internet flooded with, you know, videos or
1: it may be off or imperfect or I mean, meanwhile, he puts out a movie that's just, like, exactly. more poorly made than a student film. But, you know, that's, that's a whole different story. So you've seen it. I've seen, the, I've seen a review of it, like a live review of it. I haven't seen the actual movie. If it was a streaming, I would watch sure, it. Tom, it looked, um, I mean, sure. listen, I used to watch Skidamax as much as the next guy. It's basically just yeah. soft it's,
3: it's 10 o'clock. All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what about Adrenaline OD, man? Did you ever get to see Adrenaline OD? Or they, they No, but
3: to- uh, they, like, I, like, again, I went to that Club City Gardens as a kid, like, in the, in the final years, and uh, adrenaline OD played a ton of shows, like a ton of opening shows at City Gardens, like a ton. Mm. Now, when I was growing up, like there was like a a running joke that the City Gardens had like two house bands, and it was uh, Bouncing Souls. And, oh yeah, and, and, yeah. Ween, and yeah. ween. Oh Ween? Oh, see, I oh yeah. know
1: Jersey Boys. Okay.
3: They're like I, I don't know if they're. I think they're from they're from a border town like on the on the um it whatever river that goes mm. Washington Washington. Or Washington Cross. Oh, the Delaware. On the Delaware. Oh, yes, yes. So I'm not sure if they're from the Jersey side or the Pennsylvania side. I think they're from the Pennsylvania side. <laughs> but, yeah, a ween was always funny because we- you never knew which ween to get, you'd yeah. expect. So is it going to be, like, Dean and Gene with, like, a dat player while they're on acid? Or is it going to be, like, them, like, this well-oiled machine as, like, a four-piece band? I've seen all of them.
1: Or, like, and- the cowboy hat version.
3: Yeah, you- you- it's a super mix but bouncing souls like like they opened for like Agnostic Front which is was super weird like in retrospect you like at the time you're like this punk funk band's opening for Agnostic Front like mm.
1: like it's, it's full fun. of the crowds all skinheads and it's funny cuz it's funny with the souls right because their early stuff was not very good i don't know how they kept going as long as they did cuz i think there was a period where they were pretty good i kind of lost track of them but they started out bad they also had like uh
3: they they were lived in this town new brunswick and they had a house that like uh we all went to parties at their house, and over COVID, I found this like envelope I had of like old punk flyers. They were really good about this, and I was like, "This, this is this has gone away." They used to, we used to send postcards to their mailing list on the regular, like
1: oh, handwritten, yeah. handwritten, personalized postcards. Well, that's see, that's how you build an audience. See, that's our era, our generation. It was all personal, right? The internet's kind of ruined that. No, and
3: so it, it would be like, "Hey Ted, like we have some upcoming shows. Like we'd love to see you." And you're like, "You'd get it." and You'd be like, "I will go to that
1: show." Yeah, I for, sort of feel this weird obligation now because they spent fifteen cents to make me this postcard. No, I'm, that's I'm, cool. That's really I'm always cool,
3: guessing they had like the girls who hung around their house or like the fans uh, who hung around the house write the cards, I but I might be wrong. I think
1: Pete, the guitar player, is like his full time job. But I think he runs a studio over there. He does a lot of recording. He's recorded a lot of some friends of ours actually so. so
3: one of the funniest things is it pete someone in bouncing souls my dad was okay like, i grew up in the sticks and there's like this small like, country club and my dad one day I was like hey hey uh mr antonita he's like his son's in that band you like and oh greg
1: like, the singer yeah,
3: yeah. yeah and i was like what and he's like "His mr antonita he's like, at the club we hang at the club together <laughs> and then i was like Great, I'm like, Greg from Bouncing Souls, you're, you're like my you guys are friends at the country club. I'm like, this is the weirdest least punk story I've ever heard in my life.
1: They're like our dads hang at the same country club.
2: Or oh, is it the most punk story you've ever heard?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we'll always we'll always have how I spent my summer vacation.
2: A damn near perfect
1: punk record.
3: <laughs> uh, those dudes are I mean, again, super lucky. Like, you know, this is what
1: they've got to do since they were I mean, probably like twenty. Yeah, and they managed to make a living. Most, like I said, mostly make a living at it, which is pretty rare. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, well, it's, it's funny, you know, because you said you're pushing 50. And, and most people, when they start a label, they do it in their 20s, right? And they're burned out long before they get to your age. So you sort of have this, like, uh, advantage, I think, maybe, of starting later. Well, I realized, too,
3: I wouldn't have had the money in my 20s to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Sure. And also, I was way drunker in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> um so it just, i don't know if i could
1: say that but it was close it was it, it just would have been
3: a train wreck just would have been a train wreck of trying to keep things up hmm. uh, and also the internet's so much better like you know the internet when i was 20 was trash versus now it's just they, you know what we get by on i was thinking like friends who had who, like everything was in the mail like you have to send off yeah. like like the layouts or you send a disc in the mail or
1: but it's funny, though, because one of the things when we started doing this podcast was, like, we kind of wanted to tap into the, like, the old school stuff. So, like, I, I send out, I we hand send out stickers. I mean, it was just like, you know, I think it's really allowed us to kind of build it kind of the old-fashioned way. So I get what you're saying. I love the Internet, but I kind of miss the old-fashioned way, too. So I think there's a little to be said for each.
3: Well, even like like if I send people package yeah packages and I put like stuff in it that will like awesome you put some
1: zines in there and I'm like yeah remember zines yeah I'm throwing out my I'm trying to clear out some garbage out of my house I just <laughs> but no I get that too when I send out records and stuff I just throw oh I got all this promo stuff all these stickers and, you know just grab like five stickers because I got hundreds of them and, and throw, throw some
2: flex th- th- throw some flexies in there too.
1: I am currently I think I only have like two flexies left you Neil know, I threw out we we did a show uh, we did a Joey Ramone birthday bash in uh, Indiana and we I gave out sixty five flexi records that people were. <laughs> just ravenous for them and i'm like i just can't get rid of these things fast enough i don't want them in my house anymore. every time i order from pirates press
3: there's a yes flexi. that's it yep, that's yep, exactly the what flexi. it was it was a the press vast majority of them were from them yeah and, and, and i'm always like oh like they like oh shit like flexis i like, kind of forgot it was a thing what do you do with them play one song gently i mean that's all there is that one song i think i, ha- I have a few that i bought um Oh, from uh, New Noise Magazine sometimes
1: includes... Yeah, the magazine used They them. got yeah. some
2: good ones, too, actually. They actually have some, like... So those ones I actually and, I on didn't give
1: away because they're kind of rare and exclusive yep. tracks. And I, I, uh, I wrote for them for a while, too. That was a lot of fun. I was, like, in my 40s already, so I was, like, too old to... Shouldn't have been that... Fun, but like when I got a magazine that had a written story for me, that I still got such a such a kick out of that. I don't anymore just because it's a time. Like I I don't like writing on deadline, but uh, that was that was a cool experience. Actually, I mean,
3: even for me, still like if I get like a print mag with a, with a print review, I mean, it's really exciting. You're just like like like, yeah. like you know this, this, what? Internet's great. We love the internet. Yeah, but like like this got laid out. You know, some time and care was taken into this. Yeah, there was a deadline. of The amount yep. of
1: words they could have in it. Somebody was stressed out trying to work on it at two o'clock in the morning when they had to go to their regular job the next day. Yeah, there, there is
3: there is the occasional lazy review that I see too. Where <laughs> we're like,
1: why do they even run? It's three three sentences. Well, that's Razor Cake, right? They do like the MRR type reviews where they're so short, where it's just like, did they even listen to the whole record all the way through? I always it's try to so be real thorough. I'm like, I gotta <laughs> listen to some at least five times before I do a review
3: of it. There, yeah. they, there was one in Razor Cake, and I forget what it was. I don't remember what it was. And it wasn't like a bad review, but I was like, this is just a non review. Yeah.
1: Oh, I remember seeing a real favorable razor cake review for the Dahmer, so there's that. It's funny. They did a review for a record where like they they like they're like,
3: hey, this sounds exactly like this. If you like this band, you're gonna like this record. And I was writing someone who works over there and I was like, Oh, that's a fun I'm like, I like that review. It's funny because I put out that record because it sounds like that band, and I yeah. like that band. I'm like so go. Yeah, and like it's totally on. You're totally on on point. Like it's great.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry about it. We've we've already we've already we've already kept it for an hour and a half. See, time flies when you hang out with us. I yeah, swear. just
2: um, and we talked about all kinds of stupid shit that we haven't we talked about. Not even
1: drinking. Yeah, me neither. I'm trying to take it easy during the week.
2: So, Tom, <laughs> Tom, let, let, getting back to the flexi thing. I don't know if have ever told this story, but um, the only two flexies that I've ever had that have been that I've valued at all. So, first of all, uh, this would have been shit. This would have been early '79. Joy Division wow. gave away a Flexi. Joy Division um, recorded two songs that weren't on anything else. So, it was in between Unknown Pleasures and Closer. They did mm-hmm. a song called Comic Kino. And it was, uh, they. Wait, that's harder, a,
1: harder to pronounce than that one you said earlier.
2: Yeah, so Factory put out a Flexi, and you just had to go to a record store and ask for it. So mm. that is one Flexi, and I still have it. That's that was cool. a good one. And then...
1: It's probably of the too.
2: And then some magazines back in England back in the day, like Teeny Bopper magazines, they would put Flexis on the cover. And the only one I ever bothered with was... I was a huge uh, Jam fan. Um, mm. The Jam. Yeah. Well <clears> documented, yes. And the Jam put out uh, two two tracks that weren't on anything else. They put out on this yellow Flexi that got attached to... Some, I think it was called Flexi Pop was the magazine. Um, hmm. And so that was a really unusual one, too, because again, it was songs that weren't anywhere else. So uh, hmm. that's probably worth some money, too. Yeah, I noticed yeah. With,
3: with British print mags in particular, they typically included something with it as well, whether it was yeah. Yeah, a, a CD, a flexi, a cassette, like a book of stickers. Like it was always something extra and kind of cool.
2: Yep. Hmm. Yeah, they do do that. Yeah. But then when they'd come out over here, they'd always that that would be missing. Whenever I'd go to Barnes & Noble, the free shit would always be gone.
3: Oh, but yeah, like a mojo or <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. Always, yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would be like ask your news agent. And you're like they don't I don't know
1: what happens to them. <laughs> I just remembered what our our mutual friend told me I needed to ask Teddy about. You know? Oh, okay. Teddy, what was your 9/11 experience like?
3: Oh, it's a terrible story. <laughs> Matt loves it, though. He's like, you gotta ask him about I I don't, I don't know what... It was
1: what, such a hilarious time. Sorry.
3: <laughs> I, I was living in New York City at the time. And I remember I got up for work that day. I was listening to the radio, and uh, they, they were kind of... T- they're like, hey, this is a weird thing downtown. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I got on the subway, and they're like, hey, sorry for the delays. Like, we... Um, there's that thing down at the World Trade Center going on, and we were like, okay, and I got to work. But you so, didn't know what it was yet.
1: It no was one like, knew, what's yeah, what's no one on? knew.
3: Okay. I got to work, I think, like, I went to like like the, the cart on the street, got like a bagel and a coffee, and it was like sitting at my desk, and then that's when everything started like, going to shit. And like, like my boss just came to my office, and he's like, you got to go home right now. And I was like, understood, and got up, and, and then I was like, I can't take the subway, I have to walk home. Hmm. Gotta, oh, this is why Matt thinks it's funny. So I walked home like I was like, like what's funny about this? Um, <laughs> I walk home like four it's like forty blocks. I was living in the East Village, and I get home it's like like eleven in the morning, and I walk into my apartment and my roommate who uh was like sitting he he wanted to be a writer so he would stay up all night writing and like sleep all day, but like, I I got into the apartment and he's like sitting on the couch and like playing like um, Madden or something and he's like. <laughs> Like, hey, dude! Like, what are you doing home? We're so early. It's like a Tuesday, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, what are you doing home? I'm like a Tuesday? Don't you have work?" And I was like, "Turn, like, turn on the news, man! Look out the window.
2: <laughs> the fucking world's ending."
3: <laughs> and, and if you and if you looked at our window, and I regret now not taking pictures. I mean, it, 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 there was just so much confusion that I didn't think, like, let me get my sure. camera. Uh, there was like people like walking up like our street on First Avenue, coming from downtown. Like, I mean, but people like covered in soot. Like, I saw a woman like missing a shoe. And I was like, and I was like, dude, I'm like, you don't like you, your head is in your ass. And you're not even aware of like, what's going on, like, uh, like, 10 feet out, uh, you know, away from you, like on the street. Nobody, nobody who plays mad never makes it as a serious writer, right? <laughs> it was just the weirdest. I was like, I'm like, you serious, man? Like, you don't know what's well, happening? So how many blocks away were you from? I was living on 13th Street, and I worked on 55th Street.
1: So how many, but where, uh, how far were you from, like, ground zero, let's say? So I, rem- I mean, not close enough, close enough. I
3: remember when I, w- I was listening to the radio, and they're like, hey, there's this thing going on at the World Trade Center. I went up to the roof of my building, and I looked, and you- I could very vividly see smoke coming up, like, smoke gotcha. coming. And okay. I was like, oh, like, wow, that's crazy. Like That's crazy. Like, all right, let me go, you know. Get my bag and go to work, and I, I think we st- I stayed home the next day, and then like the day afterwards, I, uh, we were like I guess we'll try to go back to work, and uh, like I went to my office and I like, sat down, got a bagel and coffee, and my boss came in and he was like, I'm not telling you that there's been bomb threats to this building. I'm just telling you, you should go home because <laughs> there's all these bomb threats to Midtown buildings, and I was like, really? Yeah, oh. and I was like, I understand what you're saying, sir. I will go home again. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. The Madden—it was like Madden or like NBA jams or something. Like just like, hey man, like, hey dude, like what's, what's, what are you doing home, man? You know, ignorance is bliss, right? It's just, it was crazy. I was like, like
1: what? Get your head out of your ass, man. <laughs> Neil, we should get okay. So what do we got? We got one or two songs left.
2: One song left.
1: And we played an extra one. All right. Well, why don't we play the song, and then we better give Teddy a chance to, if yes. he wants to do a little self promotion, we'll let it, so we, where we can find him, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So the last song is a band called the Uppers, which again, I don't know anything about. Ah, it, so from I St. Louis.
1: You... From St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, they played punk rock bowling. Neil, they played the pool party a, uh, when we were there a couple years ago.
2: They did. They were what?
1: great. They were what? like.
2: Uh, Who did they play with?
1: I don't know. We went to three pool parties. I don't remember, but they were uh, definitely play like a classic pogo punk style. they're they're, yeah. they're cool. Oh, must have, it's probably
2: that first day then that uh peg boy was the headliner i believe right
1: uh i i neil don't ask me i can't tell you i can't <laughs> tell you <laughs> yeah, they, they
3: are they are st louis guys you are
1: correct there okay because oh. i remember mark my buddy from milwaukee is like dude grab me the record and i like i bought the last one it was a seven inch i can't remember hmm. what it was called get down with the uppers or something like that
4: and,
3: and uh
1: boulevard trash from
3: oklahoma put it out and from oklahoma okay. city
2: Get with uh, the uppers. That's exactly correct. Good, good Tom. Okay, so Tom, lucky,
1: shit. lucky guest had like a hologram cover or handmade cover or something. I think it was
3: like a photo, like a like a true Kinko style cover.
2: That could be, but it, did, it might have like a clear plastic. Yeah, transparent some, sleeve. Yeah, that was one. That was one. Yeah, of I was say, I, yep.
1: I mean, I still have it. It's in. The, it's on the shelf. Like like so many other hundreds of seven inches that I don't play nearly enough. <laughs> but uh, no, they were they were cool. I remember I remember enjoying them. I remember that the singer was like a blonde guy and. I think even in the ninety degree heat, they were wearing like their leather jackets. They were doing like the punk rock <laughs> thing. So um, passed,
2: passed out shortly afterwards. I
1: appreciate the pageantry.
3: They yes. they played Atlanta a few times, and they were on a comp that I put out, the Down South Spaghetti Accident, mm. and the, the same thing where they, like I don't know if they reached out. Yeah, they they just started reaching. Like to, I, I knew them casually. They started reaching out like, hey, we're doing new songs, and I was like, cool, we'd love to hear. Like I dig you guys, we'd love to hear it. And uh, they worked with Tuck Smith, who you know, was in the Biters and does Tuck Smith solo, and he was in the Heart Attacks. And I was like, "Well, I know they're going to be super catchy, like because you know he knows how to write like hooky songs or you know, help produce hooky songs." So yeah, it's it's going to be a four song EP. Uh, it is almost done as we speak, so it should be done soon.
1: So we doing are we doing a seven inch?
3: It's a seven inch, a four song okay. seven inch.
1: Because I, you know, it's funny because I love the four-song seven-inch. That was the staple of my '90s punk experience. Was the four-song seven-inch, and I, I do, I am afraid that they're just not hardly nobody's doing it anymore. You can't do them financially; it hardly makes sense, right?
3: I, yeah, no, exactly. I don't. I think I've always, almost always, lost money on seven inches, but I also <laughs> love seven inches.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, and after every seven-inch I do, I'm like, never again, like this is such, <laughs> never again. And then I get, I'm, I get, you know, I, then I get pulled back in. I get pulled back into a seven-inch. Um, but yeah, it's the like cost. having a
1: baby. It hurts really bad, and you're like, "I'm never going to do this again." But, but then but you I get this happy it. little toddler, and you want another I love it one. so
3: much. Yeah. But, like, I saw someone the other day was selling a seven inch for twelve dollars, and I was like, "This is a bunch of bullshit." Twelve dollars
1: now, though, dude, it's insane,
3: right? It's oh. and, and like in my heart, I know it's the right thing, but in like yeah. my brain, it's it's the year two thousand, and it should be four dollars. That's the problem. P. Is ninety nine p
2: for me? <laughs> What's 99 pence is what yeah. when I was yeah, buying block, singles yeah, back in the it. 70s yeah it less should be less than three, a pound
3: should be three or four dollars super cheap but like yeah it's just not that way anymore and I, and I know it like I yeah so I was bitching about someone having a $12 it was a 10 or $12 single and I was in a record store la- the other week in Pittsburgh and I bought you know that band Boss
4: mm-hmm.
3: they had the Boss single on the wall and I was like oh, I wanted that and it was $12 and I was like just buy the damn single you know you want it yeah and it's awesome. It's a two-songer. So I yeah, you want the four songs if you're going to pay the ten
1: bucks. Ten or twelve bucks. You got to fill that thing up a little bit. I
3: typically tell bands that I was like, I'm like, I'm like, you got to give people a little more, more for their, you know, a little more bang for their buck. I'm like, two songs is fine. I'm like, but you really need four songs now. Yeah.
1: Well, I miss the old, you know, I miss the old-fashioned seven-inch hardcore EP, which would end up being almost like a half album. You get like seven or eight songs, or like yeah. maybe approached like ten songs. And but yeah, we used to be able to afford like bands could just afford to make five hundred seven inches, but yeah, it's off the table now, unfortunately. Yeah, or a it's, thousand. It-
3: Times have changed, and uh, you know my brain has to catch well, up to it. Well, well that's, that's it, right?
1: Because your 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 brain knows it should be ten or twelve dollars, <laughs> but your heart belongs to the kid who's staring at the merch table, going three dollars a piece or two for five. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is.
2: Well, yeah. back in the old back in the old record label days, like when you used to work there. I mean, the seven inch was the that was the promotion for the album, right? The seven inch would come out, and oh, the promo get on the seven, inch, yeah, yeah, and then that would be what would sell the album, like would you know two weeks later or whatever. So, I mean, that's the way it was when I was well, buying singles in England. Well, or know?
3: radio DJs were getting seven inches still.
2: Yep. yep. Kids, kids will never understand that when I was
1: twelve or thirteen years old, which is you know less than forty years ago, <laughs> you could go into a Kmart. In the mid '80s, you'd go into Kmart and they would have the entire top 40 in seven-inch records yep. and oh, 45. Yeah. Yep, against the wall, and and they would organize them by according to the top 40. And you could go in there and buy them. They were, I don't know, two bucks at that point, maybe a buck. I don't know. I could buy. I could afford to buy them.
2: Kids these I, days wouldn't know what Kmart is though, because isn't Kmart gone though?
1: That's true. It's gone.
2: <laughs> you can go, you can go
1: to Walmart and buy Beatles represses and Taylor yes. Swift records. Yeah, for, for like 50 uh, they bucks. have they yes. they have a nice selection of ACDC records and uh, yes. Uh, the, Fleetwood Mac issues Yes. Yeah, and a, lot of a of issues And by yeah. us, they also have a pretty good uh, Latino, like Spanish-speaking section, like the Nortero, or whatever that... Nortero? Oh, Norte or whatever, like the because we have a good Latino population. But that's so wild. All right, let's play this song. You know, once again, this is a very long introvert yeah. song, right? So
2: this is an EP that's going to be coming out sometime in the near future, I guess, right? Yes, that, that's the very exciting. And this song is called Stimulation, everybody. Stimulation. Get Stimulated. <laughs> Is Uppers there from uh, St. Louis, you said I believe, and that song yes. was called "Stimulation." So look out for that EP coming out sometime in the near future, along with Malavista. Malavista.
3: Yeah, Malavista, and uh, yeah, the uppers, and yeah,
1: you know, and lots of other good stuff.
2: Lots of so other the, good stuff. Yes. Well, the beauty
1: of like doing the label at a little older age, like you just do what you want to do, right? Like you do as much as you can do. You're not going to kill yourself. You're not. You're not trying to make the next epitaph. You just kind of. Take it as it comes, and if you get, if you have a tired year, you just only put out one thing, right?
3: Well, my wife would like it to be the next epitaph, but I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, indeed.
3: But yeah, no, yeah, you, you kind of. I mean, I, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I have time for. I know what my limits are, and also I know what I like. I'm just putting out, putting out stuff that I like.
1: Perfect. Sure. Yeah. Like we, and we, all over the all over the world too, right? Like I mean, you're, you're like you, I mean, you got the Dimmers from Sweden. You got this band for what you say Paraguay or, or something Uruguay. Uruguay, yeah.
3: A bunch yeah, of stuff. Of it, bunch of stuff from Italy, like hmm. um, stuff from England, Australia. Like it's just wild. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was joking to someone. I was like, "This is my penance for having to work at a major label and put out uh, <laughs> work, work not great records." I mean, you worked. It's your job. It's what you do. But like sometimes you're like, oh, this is just crap. This sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: just garbage. I can't. Oh, I can't believe people buy this.
1: So, we're okay, so you're let's let's go into your where the people can get spaghetti town. So it's spaghetti with a y in case it's not complicated enough for you.
3: I know, I know in retrospect, I'm like, what are you doing? Does that, um, is that is it
1: just like is it just like your like your five year old nickname because you lived in New Jersey, and that's exactly you, correct. everybody named Teddy was Italian.
3: That, no, my mother was Italian, and I, they would call me Teddy Spaghetti, like not even joking, and it just kind of like <laughs> came back into memory once, and I was like, oh, that's funny. and then uh, yeah, and here we are.
1: It's well that's funny because that's like my my punk name is tom trauma and i when i was playing in bands when i was like a teenager i'm like oh that's a funny name for a guy in a punk band tom trauma and then i didn't use it for years and years and years and then when i started writing about punk stuff after i quit playing in bands i brought it back and now it's kind of stuck also now i couldn't shake it if i wanted to so oh it you know, rolls rolls off the tongue it does yes, it it's does. got it's got alliteration which is a, something that everyone enjoys as far <laughs> as i can tell i always <laughs> try to incorporate that into my writing
3: um but yeah, I can be found. Uh, I was telling someone, I was like, I have a Discogs page. I it's like oh, labels. You do
1: have a Discogs, okay? I didn't know that. It's
3: label stuff, but then like other random stuff, like from my personal collection or sure. stuff stuff I've gotten from Europe. Herdspress uh,
1: Plexes. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah all just all flexies um cds that cds that he was given for free when he worked at the radio station <laughs>
2: yes it's, he's got a huge selection of columbia records. shit so I many billy
3: joel cds i would genuinely consider doing that if it just wasn't so time consuming yeah, yeah for, sure. for For, for, for three dollars yeah exactly um but i most of our stuff we we, we have a big cartel page so it's uh, spaghetti town record actually let me pull it up so i have it correct
2: it's spaghettitownrecords.bigcartel.com that's
3: like,
1: like, but if you Google Spaghetti Town Records,
2: Spaghetti with a Y, with a
3: y that yep. will come up. So yeah, it pops it. up, pops it up, up right away. I, I mean, we're pretty active on the web. Someone was asking about, like, you know, asking about, like, having to do Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, oh, if you're active on those, I'm like, it helps you, you know, boost your Google rating. Duh. Yeah. Mm. Like, you you active, become slave- I hate being a slave to Google. Oh, I hate <laughs> it so much. I like, I, I, I wish I didn't have to be a slave to social media. Yeah. I don't care for it. It's, it's a, a necessary tool, unfortunately.
1: So you're on Facebook. I assume you're on Insta. I know you're on Facebook. Isn't yeah,
3: we is? we have a really active uh, Facebook. We have a really active Instagram, and maybe one day we'll have a TikTok. And I'll, ah. I'll have to ask one of my like one of my teenage nieces or nephews to show me how to use it.
1: <laughs> so well, it's funny because once Isn't in Twitch a while I accidentally click, click on a video. What's
2: that new? I think Twitch is the new thing, isn't it? Everyone's got a Twitch account these days. That's all for
1: gamers, gets.
2: I think, isn't it? I think well, it I was, know, but I think over it's COVID taken over COVID people everything.
3: were DJing over it. A lot of DJing oh, yeah. over Twitch. A lot of yeah, a lot of gaming, and then I, yeah, I don't know what else. Huh? And maybe Twitter. I know Twitter. I had like a. I think for a minute I was like, do I have to do Twitter again? I'm like, I don't really <laughs> care for Twitter
1: either
2: anyone under the age of 21 is just laughing at us right now
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you do you do your own social media or does like your wife do it because she wants to be as big as epitaph
3: i oh, i just do it myself i mean it's easy um it was actually i was telling someone i was like it's great because all the, the annoying rock and roll and punk memes that i want to put on my personal page i can just
1: blast out on the label page yep, yep. and then then not have it. to worry about like your aunt Helga getting a yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, yeah I totally see that because I don't I don't use my personal page at all like not at all other than Messenger you know like I use Messenger mm-hmm. but uh, yeah no I I totally get that and, and you know and it's fun to you can be a little more of a persona on your you know. Your label page, or whatever.
3: I, I think I've, I've I've made the joke before, like like where I've
1: typed like we, and I'm like, it's just myself. There's no we here. Is it? You, so you are you are. I mean, you are it. You don't have a. You don't have any employees. Once in a while, you use Matt or somebody else to do a little promo for you. But you yeah, are I've, an I've had
3: Matt. Yeah, uh, a handful of times, my wife has helped me pack, do mail order, and then I don't think she enjoys it. Well, who enjoys it? Yeah. She's helped me a handful of times, which was cool. I had did have someone write me about being an intern, and I was like, like. What, you want to sit around my kitchen and help me fill mail order?
1: <laughs> Tell them they can come work for us if they want a real bad internship. They can come work for us and schedule our uh, help us schedule our guests because that's my the bane of my existence is scheduling. So, well,
3: so I, Neil and I had the conversation of like when we talked about the time. We're like, I'm like, are you on? I'm like, are you? I'm like, I'm on Eastern. I'm like, are you guys are on Central? He's on
1: Central. I'm on Eastern. Yeah. So like, and oh, and we talked to a lot of guys from California, of course, because there's, you know, there's just a lot of bands, in California yeah, bands out there. And then we talked to England and I get all confused because they're like, what, four hours ahead of us, Neil, six or five hours, hours ahead. ahead of us. six it's hours ahead. A, but the, yes, it's a it's like, just, just tell me when it's time. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll go yeah. on wikipedia yeah. study a little bit and then tell me when it's time and point me in the direction but that's all Indeed. Right. these are small these are
2: small problems yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah i must say in conclusion you have the the best connection we've ever had on skype neil don't you think
2: i think so and he's com- com- like completely, completely professional as well it's been really nice to someone see someone who's uh you know got it all set up and you sound so good can, yes it's amazing
1: okay.
3: That's awesome. I, I have uh, a few times I've been like, maybe I should get a nicer mic. Like yeah, I, I do occasional podcasts or you know, Skypes or Zooms would be better to have a nicer mic. But then you know you like, like I have to go down a microphone rabbit
1: hole. Of, but I mean, is the Radio Shack still there? We got all these <laughs> all these '90s, '80s, '90s problems, right? Yeah. 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 It's gonna the radio. I'm gonna
3: get the cassette player for my CD player that goes into my tape deck in my car. Yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes. Yes. You have that
2: one cable that will do everything, right? The <laughs> jam the, cable you jam
1: the cassette in there, and somehow it reads your CD in your. Yeah, that, that was awesome. It that was, was awesome. man. I tell you what, it, it, I listened to man. I listened. That was some good music from that era. Still, still, still holds up. <laughs> okay.
2: And I have to say, for, the, for for those that can't see him, Teddy Spaghetti looks a lot like if Andy Summers from The Police had a younger brother. That would, that would be Teddy Spaghetti.
1: <laughs> is he blonde or is he gray? I can't tell. I'm very gray. You're very gray. gray. Okay. <laughs> well, you're the youngest one in this group, so you're okay. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, the gray just keeps – my wife at one point was like, maybe you should die, And I was like, then I go down a path of having to dye my hair all the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm like, it just opens up. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't care.
2: And then you look well, like Gary Newman, who looks absolutely stupid because he's got yeah, this jet yeah. black hair, and it's clearly either a wig or he just dyes it. I, I was joke
3: goofing on my younger brother last Christmas, We're pretty drunk, and I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, Are you dying your hair? And he's like, What? Like, how can you tell? And I was like, It's all one color, man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. my hair has shades and tones. I'm like, Yours is just like chestnut, all yeah. of it.
2: Just, <laughs> just, just, fell in, man.
1: just for men. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to do what you can do. Yeah, uh, so now it's I always gr- swore I'd never pay for vanity. Like, I won't spend money for vanity, but now I'm older. I have a little more money, and I'm a lot older, so maybe I would pay for vanity. I don't know. We'll see.
2: What is she? Is, is that a strip Tom at the strip club of vanity?
1: No. <laughs> I'm going to get the Marky Ramone. I'm going to buy one of Marky Ramone's old wigs, and you go walk around with the long Ramones, dude. He's just but, go, go to one of those things where he's like signing
3: records and be like, be like Marky, like, how much? Just grab it. No, <laughs> just grab it and run away. What's he going to do? <laughs> it could be like the Andy Warhol. No, no. I worked with a guy who had an Andy Warhol wig. I mean, he didn't. He didn't pretend he didn't have a, like a toupee on. Like and the was, straight blonde, like like over darker hair, ah, like darker yeah. hair underneath. <laughs> and he, um, and this guy, it was super cool. And he, he's an, he's an older punk guy. Like um, like people people knew knew him, but uh, he talked <laughs> about having different colored hair depending on the time of the year. So I'm guessing it was like darker in one season and lighter in another. <laughs> depending how the sun hits it i guess we were just like all right man like that's i mean i was like like 22 like
1: okay like
2: cool you know what i had one last question to ask you unless tom has anything else we'll see
1: one last question sometimes leads to two but yeah you know go ahead
2: well were you okay so with the criminal kids being on your label were you upset when i did that (laughs) I did that review of that of that recent show. Oh, I, I did, laughed, but I, I didn't give them a great review.
3: I laughed so hard, and I, <laughs> I know one member of the band was like, who the fuck is this guy?" And
1: I was like, "Because well, really you like the because we like the band. I mean, we like the record. You just didn't think they were too good that day, right, uh, Well,
2: I uh, I mean, I, I like the idea of it, and then they came on stage, and it was way too fucking loud, and they only played for like twenty minutes, and I don't know, it was just weird. It was.
3: Uh, you, you're not going to win everybody. That's part of it. Yeah. Well. I, I, I know I read show. it and I, I read it and I chuckled, but that band, like when that record came out, they were like, "Oh, we've had such good response. We've had no bad reviews." And I was like, "Well, I don't send you the bad reviews." Ah. <laughs> and they're, you like, like, you're fragile. You're
1: fragile. they're like, "What? Fragile? <laughs> are Like what?
3: there's a bad review? And I was like, "I'm like, there's one that came to mind, and then it, like the review was really funny. It was just like, like who do they think they are putting two solos in one song or something?" Ah. <laughs> I was like, they didn't send it to you. They like, only send you the good ones. There you go. <laughs> But, you know, I remember I, I, had, I, I laughed. I thought it was funny.
1: It was funnier that, that this m- member of the band was annoyed about it.
2: <laughs> hey, I tell it like I see it. <laughs> no, that's right.
1: You know, we've been doing this almost four years. And we got our first hate mail yesterday, email. Oh, so. it's, Was it a, a physical letter or an email? That was an email. email. That would have
3: been even. Someone do, we, sat down to, like, write it. They were so angry.
1: We do get physical mail, though, which is funny. Sometimes it's sort of like a rambling manifesto type mail. <laughs> I have one guy in England who loves to send me postcards.
4: Oh, that's and nice.
1: I miss my spirits. Yeah, it's funny. I get a, hey Richard.
2: So the funny thing is, he doesn't send me anything. Son of a bitch, fellow countryman.
1: And now he's dead. Except for so, it's nice to get a birthday card from Richard. Uh, a, f-
3: a friend of mine who lives in Pittsburgh. She's really incredible about sending letters out. And like uh, the 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 like last year, I was like, you're literally the only cri- like birthday card I got. And I'm yeah. like, it was really
1: a big deal. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, never go back to the golden days when you get a five dollar bill from your aunts and uncles in the mail. Boy, that, like, was, the, the, that was my grandparents
3: up until the end. We were putting like five dollars in there, and I, like every year, I'm like, I'm like, you're like ninety years old <laughs> and
1: on a budget. I'm like, but like, thank you. <laughs> that five dollars <laughs> is a lot to them. They start out working for fifteen cents an hour during, during the dust <laughs> yes. bowls. <you> know? <laughs> That's yes, true. Mean,
2: it's mean, true. Meanwhile, well, you could buy a bag of nuts or something with five dollars these days. Like, oh, yeah. I will
1: yeah. buy a cheap beer exactly <laughs>
2: there you go get it up. i'll
1: tell you what if i'll see you and raise you i'll buy a cheap six pack where what are you buying i don't know whatever i can get so don't, don't get neil started on <laughs> he, my buys, beer he buys
2: his fucking beer at the at the gas station so that's i was gonna, you, I was, that's I was, I was gonna say in
1: michigan man i was
3: gonna say like at the gas station you can get like like a 24 ounce toll boy for probably like four dollars
1: i'm not no no it's like two dollars that's look next to him at the gas station. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're overpaying, man. Maybe it's those city prices.
3: Uh, I, Listen, I have no shame in buying alcohol at the gas station.
1: I have no shame in buying cheap beer, Neil. It's, a lot of it, you're just paying for the name brands. It's all made in the same factory. Mm, Remember your mom used to say that? She'd bring home yeah. like bargain brand cheese, <laughs> its and be like, ah, yes. made in the same factory. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, and the sell-by date doesn't mean a thing. That's what you would always say.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, I, uh, this is going to
3: be the most adult thing I've said all Probably all, all day is like we buy uh the Costco here. You can buy alcohol at. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and cheap. like it's super cheap. And like we're always like there's always the debate of like like it's Grey Goose, isn't it? Or, like that's Jameson. I feel like it's Jameson. I feel like that's Grey Goose. And I'm yeah. like I don't, I don't know. I'm like but for twenty bucks, <laughs> well twenty I'll tell bucks you what, is man, good man, enough. You get a half
1: gallon of Sam's Club gin, and it's pretty good. Pretty good gin. It's like twenty two bucks for a half gallon or something. I, I think I
3: think it's I don't know how big it is. It's a huge bottle of vodka, Kirkland brand vodka, and it's I think it's like twenty dollars. And I had to like, yeah. be, like,
1: be like, is that correct, Miss? Is that twenty dollars? And she's <laughs> yeah, like, Yes, yeah. it's twenty dollars. It's a quadruple filter. Yes, no, I, I get it. it. That was that was another big uh COVID thing though the buying booze at home like i was always oh, a social yeah. drinker until covid now i'm an anti-social drinker well i'm still a social drinker I'm, you I'm do a you drinker, do a bit of both tom yeah <laughs> exactly my, my wife and i were like we were
3: doing the recycling and at, w- at one point she was like we are drinking a lot at home and i was, <laughs> and I was like yep and she was <laughs> the like it's <bin's> just full <laughs> and she's like she would like, be concerned and I, and I was like end
1: of the world who cares like that's pretty go, much go open another pretty bottle problem is i really haven't adjusted my lifestyle much since and now it's like ah, i might have to start to adjust again but that's all right i have to go back back to pre-covid
3: days of just drinking on the week well
1: yeah the weekends and with friends you know yes I my think, drinking I think, buddy doesn't have to be my wife who's not drinking sitting there on the couch or my kids I, or that's never happened to me no your wife joins you that's nice of her <laughs> no no
3: too. she does not join me all the time anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: maybe the other day she's like you got really drunk by yourself and i'm like you were home and she's like i was sober and i'm like i don't know how that happened
1: <laughs> that's my wife my wife's uh, favorite thing to say to me where's the party where's The party. <laughs> it's like right here baby yes right in here. my in my pants honey <laughs> yeah, that's exactly everybody's coming <laughs> <sighs> all right on that low note. <laughs> on
2: that note <laughs> yes thanks thanks for
1: coming on ted it was nice to meet you man i hope we can uh, yeah. cross paths in the real non-digital it airways could, you work. know
3: knowing that we, that we all have been to punk rock bowling and we do go to random music fests, it's
1: very possible could happen that's cool
2: so just look for no, Andy I'm- Summers' younger brother, and then you'll know <laughs> yeah, it's Terry Spaghetti. Well,
1: <laughs> well, and he's got some more. There's lots of good stuff coming out later this year, next year. So we have to keep yeah. keep your eye on Spaghetti Town Records, kids, yes, kids of so all fun. ages, mostly 40 and up, probably, but still kids <laughs> of all ages. I, I know who buys my stuff. I know their age. What's that? <laughs> See, and, that's
2: who, and that's who listens to us. So it's perfect.
1: I, yeah, I-, exactly. I-
3: I'm, I'm like a 35 and up. Um, yeah. 35 and up so yeah but but you know young people we'd like you to also listen yeah. to music and buy records
1: it's it's shocking it, it you know it's it, it's strange getting old because like i was at work today and this young ups guy came in and uh you know he had me sign for him I'm like thanks dude take it easy and i'm like man i'm the old the graying guy now like i'm the guy that people expect to know what's going like know what they're doing like i look like the guy who knows what he's doing now like that uh, but I'd still feel like a kid so. oh
3: yeah no that, that's that's hundred percent accurate like I'll in my head I'll think about things but like, that was like 10 years ago and I'm like oh that
1: was 25
3: years ago yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> anything I feel like anything post 9-11 could still be referred to as a couple of years ago
3: we yeah after, that's a, usually around the era where,
1: where I'm like, like that was just
3: uh, uh, 22 years ago yes exactly
1: but, all right we better let you go Eventually, you're gonna to want to eat some dinner or hang out with your enough. wife or something. Get I drunk suppose. or something. Get oh, drunk by yourself on, with your wife. While your wife <laughs>
3: She's she gonna come home and be like, "Why are you drunk?" And I'd be
1: like, "Well, Tom and Neil said they they <laughs> They've made they bullied, me. They bullied me into they, it. They, they baited me. Baited <laughs> me. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, man. Good luck going forward. Like I said, I yeah. hope you can cross paths. And uh, it was nice. It was nice talking to you. Nice catching up. And uh, yeah, that was yeah, fun. We'll have, to, we'll have to make sure we keep up with whatever's going on with Spaghetti Town Records. For oh, sure. I know, I know you will. Yes. We'll do spaghetti fest.
3: I've talked about doing it. It could happen one day if I feel motivated.
1: There you go. Yeah. It, it, it is the, the energy that's the other that's the bummer about getting a little that extra energy is hard to come by.
3: Do I want to do it or I could just do nothing. I'll be just
1: as happy. <laughs> Maybe you could do like a second stage at that guy who's already doing a festival. Just I, to like piggyback. You could do like the spaghetti town stage or something.
3: I I also was, I was like, well, you'd have to have like a pasta food truck show up or something. Oh, that would be great. Just tie it all together.
1: That would be excellent. All right. Until then, man, hey, good luck. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for spending a couple hours with us.
2: Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. All right. And uh, yeah, keep a little mark in your heart, everybody. Stay free. Smell you later. Smell you later.
0: Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart. And we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it man. Game over man, it's game over! Ah ha Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a know. fucking rotter.